Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This week in league, Knights look to rectify their lack of intercepts by employing an expert to replace Wayne. Which son will Wayne choose to take back with him to Brisbane, Fluffy or Iken? Manly in massive crisis, so much so they sit alone on top of the ladder and firmed in premiership betting. And we'll preview all of the action for round 20 of the 2014 NRL season. All that and more this week in league. Welcome to episode 164 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Okay, uh, just before we kick off this week, a couple of, just a couple of things to mention before we hit the, the mailbag side of things. But um, first, just want to say how fucking proud. I mean, we've seen some of, you know, some of this you know, hit last week's show, but just, uh, just impressed with the community around this show, the Tool Nation people. Get around us. Fucking represented. Massively on the on the rise for Shunter business, and you know when Fox Sports tried to fuck with him and you know take him out of context, Masood the fucking grub, and just just in general, you know, fantastic. And then also on the weekend, or on the week, sorry, the whole rise for Alex thing. They had the rise for Alex round, and our friend of ours, Aaron, he uh, was actually manning the. You know, he works for the NRL, so he was manning the the phones for the rise for Alex thing. You said Aaron. Yeah. His name's Aaron. Yeah. Okay. Let's take the Pepsi challenge and ask him how he pronounces his name, son. That's how you know when you're his friend, when you know how to pronounce his name. I don't name. want to be his fucking friend and never have I ever professed to be the man's friend. But man's name's Aaron. If he wants to pronounce it like a fucking retard, that's up to him. This is you being let me sal- tell you, his is, name's Aaron. This is you being all, all fucking Salford again. It's, it's fucking Queen's English. I don't get it. What's wrong with you fucking people? Anyway, he... Uh, is it Aaron, you know, our, our, other, our actual friend? Aaron Tate. Who? Aaron Horan. <laughs> oh, that's Aaron, isn't it? You fuckhead. Yeah. That's right. The man's name is Aaron. So anyway. The defence rests. Aaron on the phone. And uh, God. basically he's sort of saying on Facebook to, you know, if you're going to donate, you know, give us your number and I'll give you a call and everything. So he was actually, I was the first person that, that he called. He's and- just trying to line his own pockets with commission is all he was doing. <laughs> No, I think they won. I think they won. You know, the the best the best totals got like a phone or something. Though I think because I think Telstra were running the call center or something. So I think something like that, a phone or something like that. He can he can verify. Possibly the largest geek on the fucking planet. But in any case, he did win, he did win one too. Thanks really? to thanks to Tool Nation. Yeah, yeah. In fact, it, it was funny because it, it was because it was the first call. He was sort of running through like he's like, look, I've got to read the read the spiel and everything so it's a good chance to practice it and stuff as so he's going through and you can just hear everyone around just like laughing like you know as he's stumbling over this script but um yeah as it turned out that we were the the biggest donation he got uh thanks to all you guys basically i mean you know obviously there was a kick in from us as well given the fact that you know I counted the memberships that we took for ourselves you know the merchandise <laughs> as sold memberships but um yeah just a tremendous Wait, you effort. took a membership for yourself yeah i had to pay for mine sure they no, fucking didn't i did the fuck you did. It's fucked. The fuck this is what you, I'm talking about. The fuck you did, bitch. 
supposed to be a partnership. <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, and he, he tweeted afterwards. He said, "Look, I've taken a lot of large donations today, but none bigger than uh, this week in league. Thanks to all tour fans. Hash rice for Alex. Uh, so it's a tremendous effort to you guys. Uh, well done. Uh, through the week, we had the hash twill tunes as well, rather than like link them up and shit. They're on Facebook. They're on Twitter. We retweeted them and all that bullshit. Just look up hash twill tune." Tunes, T-O-N-S, on Twitter if you want to see them um, on a blunt buzz. Uh, my ben, wife got amongst it. She loved it. She did. She loved it. She loved it. And uh, She loves it that she, people think she's blonde. And, 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 and also through the week, we had Mup23. Mup, you know, one of the biggest Gronks ever. He was an early favourite for Gronk of the Year, but he's really fallen off. I don't think he's really much of a contender these days. No. But, uh, I don't even know if he listens to the show anymore. <laughs> we'll find out. But he was on Channel 10. Oh, well, I had... On... The uh, Respect the Shooter account, I had a, a, a DM from a journalist saying, when this review of everything happening at the Gold Coast was happening, I had a DM from this journalist saying, look, you know, uh, give us your number, I want to talk to you about this fucking Sack Cardi t-shirt business. And I'm going, look, doing it for a guy I know who came up with it, so you're better off talking to him. So I sort of I sent him up a message and said, look, do you want to do it? If so, give us your number. And he said, yeah, right. So yeah, he had 15 seconds of fame on Channel 10 Sports News on well uh, one of those nights. And then they, they took the story, Channel 7 took the story and run as well. And I mean, Channel 7 actually did a better job because they took a picture of the shirt and the and the uh, the website and everything like that too. So that was nice. But uh, honestly, I don't think Titans fans give a fuck. <laughs> I think it's a small minority. Sold any more shirts? No, no, I haven't. So, you know, all for fucking naught really. Mup couldn't, what did I say? He couldn't sell a fucking polycock to you. You know, he's... <laughs> you got me all wrong, mate. <laughs> and finally, this is a fucking milestone. You don't even know this. This is a milestone episode for me. It's episode 164 for This Week in League. But there's uh, 136 episodes of fucking This Week in MMA in the bag as well. So that's 300 episodes of podcasting. Congratulations, Nonsense. mate. Fucking, so like, let's just say... The MMA one's not, it's never as long as we were. But back in the day, like, we were clocking in three hours regularly. Yeah. Regularly three hours. That's a fucking long time. Plus editing, plus <sighs> uploading, plus... I've, I've fucking wasted my life. Yep. You have. You've amounted to fuck all. <laughs> Essentially. The only <laughs> good thing you've got out of it is a couple of fucking handsome roosters as fucking co-hosts, let me tell you. <laughs> Old salt and pepper McDonald. <laughs> So yeah, this is just interesting. I only it only just struck me. I thought, fucking, how many? Just the three hundred number. And you know, as total episodes, it's probably more because we've done it some little fifteen minute like origins and this and that. But um, but yeah, numbered episodes. Now mailbag, Unky D. I miss the clock too. Bring it back. Nah, I don't think it's coming back. He misses my clock. Yeah, he loves the clock. That's the only thing I miss about the club. Yeah. Saying jokes it's the like innuendo. that. Innuendo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Soulsy04. Just got back from a cruise yesterday. Had to listen to the last two weeks' eps back to back. Hash, many a cunt was spoken. Indeed. <laughs> and, many, uh, many an hour was wasted. Yeah. Hayden uh, H. Fitenny on Twitter. He sent us two tweets in a row. He said, uh, After listening to this week's ep, there should be a batting Merrins hash Twill Nation team. People posted a pic with their partner, and the top 17 voted on by you and Tool Nation at the end of the year. Oh, fucking, I mean, he's, he's, he's had a rough week or so, but Shunter would win that hands fucking down, surely. Yeah, and I, I, I'd feel more comfortable doing it for players. But then again, Tommy Simons would win that fucking hands down as well, so... Yeah. Oh, I thought he was talking about for Tool Nation. No, he was. Yeah, oh, yeah, he, right. no, he was, yeah. He okay. was talking... Because... You, you, mate, just weekly, you're just drooling over fucking... <laughs> Talking about Gregson punching above his weight and stuff. Well, I, did. I wouldn't say I was drooling over anyone. Give me a break. I'm not a creep. 
but you know, at the end of the day, I can appreciate a man that has fucking gone above and beyond his uh, his perceived capabilities. <laughs> uh, and uh, honorary mention to Sam, Mister Wars. Yep, yep, agreed. He likes to think he's a good-looking man, but he does far too much talk about fisting and things like that. For my and liking. talks about and, and talks about the, the horrible state of his of his bowel movements yeah. when he's starving himself to basically when he's eating carrots when yeah. he thinks he's a fucking reindeer. <laughs> He thinks he, he thinks training for a marathon means eating like a fucking Ethiopian. Yeah. Like, oh, they, yeah. They they they're Kenya. They they had great times. I'll just fucking go to, go for the malnutrition thing as, yeah. if, as if that gives me the slow twitch muscle fiber I need to complete a marathon in a fast time. Eating carrots and being ridden by Santa doesn't make you a fucking reindeer, mate. <laughs> Up pop. Schwankovism. He this- got all cut. No, he, he loved it. He got all it. hurt. No, he no. He got hurt his feelings, and I feel bad. No, no. no just, wait. just wait. Just wait. Just wait. This week in Josh Hanno's cunt cousin, ha 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 one of your best. I might have to get that started. That's not hurt. He fucking no. It was it. someone yeah. said he someone piled, piled in and said, um, "What did he ever do to me?" Or you know, I've I've gone extra hard on him, unprovoked. And, yeah, yeah. Oh, fucking poor him. <laughs> uh, Blue underscore Beaver. I know I'm not the first to say it, but having a tweet favorited by this week in league, but doesn't make the show. Is just playing with my emotions. <laughs> People caught on to it, and it's become this fucking like it's not teamless Tuesday yet, but it's it's coming yeah. it's coming up. People commenting like on like on my favorite someone's tweet, one of their tweets, and they're like, "Oh, what about the fucking one with such and such in it?" That was good. No, yeah, we'll tell you what your good tweets are if exactly. you have any, and also there's other considerations such as time and things like that that go into that go into it. And also, it's like if you're saying the same thing as everyone else. I mean, sometimes it's good to highlight you know multiple similar things. But sometimes it's just like, well, fuck, that's been done. And I saw your second, you know, too bad, so sad. Have a cry, get over it. GT351 underscore Johns, you guys suck. I had to train a new guy today at work, and when he said his name was Mitch, I burst out in uncontrollable laughter. Weren't we supposed to say, this week in league, I'm Mitch and I'm Mitch or something this week? Oh, I don't I, I don't remember. I mean, it's, it's, it's in one Mitch and out the other for me. <laughs> you stick that up, you Mitch. Snappy Sazi. I think this week in league guys should make hash rise for shunter wristbands so my Twitter feed can be overrun by pics of footy players wearing them. They'd be clearly ankle bands, as someone else posted later. Yeah, would have to be ankle bands. I think just for you know, and the, and the irony Anklets. would be that, and the irony would be that, that Shunter himself couldn't fit one over his fucking <laughs> moon boot. Every cast. moon boot. <laughs> He'd have to put on his good leg. Mickey T nineteen eighty five. I wonder if he's gonna change his name from Shunter to Shuffles. Uh, maybe. Limpy. Limpin' ain't easy. <laughs> Limpin' ain't easy. Mickey T, 1985, that uh, two Mitches just started at work. It's an epidemic. It's it's an epidemic of people working in a male prostitution establishment. People named Mitch, I'm sure that'd be Maybe there's common. not that many Mitches and all these people work at the same place and don't realise it. Mm. I like how you just didn't you just didn't even bat an eyelid at that the perm works at a male prostitution establishment. I'd imagine he'd work there. I mean, only an admin. He's in IT. I think he's in IT support. <laughs> IT say, support yeah. at yeah. Uh, at a male whorehouse. Yes. Yeah. Or you know, maybe he's you know, like, you know, mops up after. You know, With his perm. Yeah. That's maybe, where the shine comes from. Maybe he makes the bed. I, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. He wears a shirt that says Pube Patrol. Maybe <laughs> Runs fluff, in the room afterwards. Maybe he fluffs the guys that you know having trouble performing on the clientele. Yeah. yeah Sounds like his style. Look, there's a number of talents that he has that would translate well to that environment, everything except for the part of actually people paying him for sex. Well, that's not a talent at all of his. <laughs> Beerboy182, so he said, I should, probably shouldn't speculate absolute rubbish on my own club with no real basis but boredom, but 
I was thinking about Andrew Fafita's broken hand and it being an off-field incident. Facts. Fafita broke his hand off-field just after uh, his ankle injury. Todd Carney did something worse than pissing in his own mouth, which was his second strike this year, but not revealed. Todd had a facial wound around with Fafita hurt the hand. You guys were mentioning a rep player was involved in an off-field fight with a teammate. It was a rumour, but said Corey Parker, in brackets, who I met at Coogee twice and was a complete knob both times, so he's punching the face worthy. My theory is Todd's done something that's pissed off Fifi big time, punched him in the face, broke his own hand, booyah. Colonel Mustard in the library with a candlestick. <laughs> I don't know if any of that tweet is, those tweets are true, but the last line makes it worth reading. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, here's that comeback from uh, Matty underscore McCabe one. You know who that is. Oh, Exceptional show, lads. Boom, Matty Keep McCabe. up the good work. Boom, Matty McCabe. Hash Tigers in decline. Oh, hash, hash pray for shutter. Hash bring, just... bring back the clock. Hash NRL. I have this... Um... At my previous uh, in place of employment, um, I still I actually told this story again today at work because it's fucking hilarious. But I'm just going to use the man's name as Nathan Gearless, right? Okay. So as not to reveal his identity. But we had a new GM start. Yeah. And this guy who we, we you know we done a lot of does a lot of work for him and brings a lot of business our way. But he's possibly the most self-absorbed cunt you've ever fucking heard, right? <laughs> the hence I'm using your name. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, it reminds me a lot of you. I can do um, And <clears throat> most self-important thinks he's, the world revolves around him. Anyway, so... Sounds like a good guy. Yeah, yeah. No, he's a cock. No, he's all right. He's all right to me, but he is very self-absorbed. He's the sham wow of self-absorbed. Anyway, he walks in, sees the new GM, walks up to him and says, Oh, you must be Fred. My name's Nathan Gillis. You've probably heard of me. <laughs> That's how I imagine Matty McCabe introducing himself. I'm Matty McCabe. Boom. Or he does it like he, he says like a joke or something. You know, he goes, yeah, boom, Matty McCabe. And he puts his hand up like a high five. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's just looking at him like, everyone's looking at him like, you know, he's like just hanging, hanging, yeah. hanging. And then everyone sort of just turns back to what they're doing. He just like puts his hand down slowly. Uh, oh, you paint a perfect picture. Yeah. Shagger113. Suggestion slash request. I know you guys are busy, etc., but can you create a Tool Nation follower list? Yeah, someone could do it for us. We can do it when we get around <laughs> one day. Fuck. You know, look, it's probably not a fucking massive thing, but um, just, yeah, if we haven't done it in a little while, remind us <laughs> so we can do it. It'll be a long... It'll be a, a long you know, How maybe, would we do that? Maybe we'd have to put the word out there and people can reply to us and that way it makes it easy for... That, that takes care of a chunk of it right up, you know, right there. And then we can just add them to list, and just add them to, we just make a list on our Twitters, you know, like call it Twin Nation or something. And then we just add people to that. Why don't you just I mean, go I, through our followers and fucking add them all? Well, yeah, that's the fucking that's the tough way of doing it because you know we've got you know four and a half thousand yeah. followers, not not all of whom are regular, you know, interactions, which is what uh, Steve's probably talking about. I, I mean, he, the idea is obviously so you can you know get everybody quickly and follow the people yeah, yeah. who you know, listen to the show and you know make some new friends. So though, Dan, gee, those this week in league, a lot of genuine good blokes. Hash boss. He tweeted that with zero context fucking days after the rise for Alex thing, so I don't know what the... Well, I mean, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, I mean, drunk. he was drunk, though, probably. I don't, I don't care. I, I still agree. Thank you, sir. Uh, whatever your reasons. Jeez, why can't you just be polite to the listeners, Nathan? The man gave us a compliment. What are you going to hack, hack on him for? You remember Southo Dan? You remember, you remember the... He, he's, got, he's got a little relation to the show. Do you remember how we met? One night, I was fucking cooking dinner for us. You hadn't arrived yet. I was out there on the deck cooking uh, on the barbecue. And I said something about some 
so he, he wasn't. I, we weren't following each other, and he said something about. I said something about someone like a, probably a Cronulla person, and just slammed him and you know whatever. And then he's it's been retweeted by people. It's come across him, and he's fucking come at me. And I've just gone, you silly, know, silly man. I'm just like, look, and he sort of said, mate, or you know, buddy, or something. Like that. And I said, look, but I said, look, I'm not, I'm not your buddy, cunt, or something like that. And then he's like, started tripping me about cunt, and then, and then I was like, you know, oh fuck, I said, I'm gonna make you famous, cunt. <laughs> and then other people started talking, like mutual people, obviously started tweeting to him, going, just fucking, just fucking relax. And then like, yeah, we became friends after that. Then we were cool. <laughs> Had to check him. And then we were cool. <laughs> but that was so Dan. And I remember you came in like probably about three quarters of the way through and I was like, check this cut out. <laughs> he doesn't know. He doesn't know what I'm oh, like. Cause fuck, if, he's unattractive. Because if he did, he wouldn't be he wouldn't be doing what he's doing right now if he knew. Uh, Mark Hill. Jeez, you fancy yourself though. Oh, you know. Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. My mum sings as a song, that. As a My song mum goes. sings that song. Yeah, <laughs> fucking pathetic. I just I remember some of my first interactions. Your mother's not pathetic. Your mother's lovely. What, how would you? Why would you say such things about your mother? She sings pathetic songs though. Such as that is oh, my just, point. It's just an old song. I mean, like it's it's like it's, it's true. When I sing it, it's probably true. When your mother sings it, don't you fucking even try? <laughs> you got to be a certain quality individual to sing that song. I have. I had a similar moment. Your song, you'd maybe sing like My Humps or something like that. That's probably more your level. <laughs> what you going to oh. do with <laughs> What, what? In the butt? <laughs> you want to do it in a what? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I had a similar experience with you on Twitter as uh, as Sado Dan. I don't remember anything like that, like that, like that confrontational though. No. You, it try, like you tried it on. No, it was just banter. You tried it on. Oh, I don't think so. And you got it back as good as you fucking served it up and you're like, hey. This guy's all right. Yeah. I should do a podcast. And yeah. I said, what the fuck's a podcast? Yeah, exactly. And, and the love was born. That's uh, the origin story. Mark Hill said, it's funny you mentioned the clock this week. I was listening to the show in the car last week. My indicator clicking noises you had in the news brought back memories of the clock for me. It almost forgot that fun. I read that tweet and I imagined him driving Morris Minor. I don't know why. That's the only thing I got from why that tweet. Why a Morris Minor? Well, I don't know because he reminds me of Mr. Bean. Why does he remind you of Mr. Bean? Fuck you with a lot of questions. I can't justify half the shit no, that you comes into my head. No, no, see, the, the, the appropriate response for you then was go, what is this, an investigation? <laughs> can't I, just, can't, can't I, just good, can't see, I enjoy clearly a good Clearly, I'm not wired the same as Darius Boyd. <laughs> you Boyd. can't spake. <laughs> I can't spake. That was diabolical. <laughs> What were we talking about with that fucking thing before the show tonight? I can't remember. We showed you that video. <laughs> I, I, you Weird. spoke about some appalling things before the show. Some of the yeah. things that are spoken about before this show goes live would probably get us arrested. Potentially not arrested, but I mean, you know, maybe there is some sort of law somewhere that's been broken. But um, oh. yeah, it would get us exactly zero listeners. Numerous minorities if would you, be you, if you, Oh my god. <laughs> The disgusting things. But there was something... I, I wish I could remember what I said now. I said something. That's right. Because it was Cass. And they're running around. And you've gone, is that to wear a nick out? <laughs> <laughs> and I've gone, no, he's got, like him. And I go, no, he's got too many legs. <laughs> Fuck, that's appalling. Oh, Absolutely appalling. 
I mean, if there was a, re- I mean, trust me, the struggle that we had to pick at the three lines at the start of the show. I mean, I wish there was As a way we could have somehow. It's getting harder. <sighs> like you'd think that we're such professionals now, we'd just be able to bounce them off the top of our heads, but nah. We've made every rugby league joke there is to make at this point. <laughs> we just got to start Are you recycling kidding? them. <laughs> Pretty it's much. The game it keeps on giving. Um, like who would have thought five years ago when we first started out that a player would start pissing in his mouth, or just exactly. offer up gold? Exactly. The problem, is, the problem is he did that on like a Saturday, and it didn't come out until like, you know yeah. what I mean. Like it was all done. The news cycle was done by the time it got to us. Uh, Souths twenty two. Hello boys, love the show. Thought I'd share this show with you and the listeners. American Twill equivalent at the Dirty Sports. And apparently they don't say cunt, but they are filthy, and they seem to know about. Uh, I think he's, the way he said, it, I don't know if he second tweet in front of me, but he said something like, "Oh, they, you know, they seem to, they seem to know their their shit about." Uh, that sounds all right, about, doesn't it? About Seppo Sports. So the dirty sports, they put it right in the thing. They put it right in their name of their Twitter, so you know yeah. it's like the dirty sports. I mean, like we should be called, you know, like you know, rugby cunt league or something. <laughs> <laughs> the cunt NRL or something. If we're going to be truth in, watch that account turn up. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> I've got written here and I've forgotten about perm, perm, perm. What am I talking about again? With perm, you had to remind me if I forgot. I put the note in. Uh, oh, the yes. DM from... Yes. Uh... Yeah. So last week we had that uh, the, the story sent in that we had at the end of the show about um, Michael Gordon finding the dead moth and putting it under the kicking tee and subsequently using it for all his goals when they had the big comeback against the Broncos a couple of weeks ago. Anyway, perm knows Michael Gordon. You know, at least in an online sense, and uh, he said, "Look, I'll, I'll, I'll check it out, and I'll I ask." I wonder him. if he knows him from the establishment we mentioned previously. Not to, you know, I don't want to cast aspersions on Michael Gordon, but well, they call me Flash for nothing. <laughs> exactly um, right. Look, I tell you. So he's asked him about it. He's uh, and and he's wondering about. You know, he asked him about the subsequent game against the Roosters the next week and that sort of thing, and um, <clears throat> and he replied and said. That's one of the best stories I've heard. Nah, there was this moth in Brizzy and both my last girls' goals were on the exact spot where it was. And he told me not to say the next one, I'm going to say it anyway. He said, I didn't see it after the game and I certainly wouldn't bring it, bring it home. Ha <laughs> ha, my undies have enough holes in them. Well, there's a little insight into Michael Gordon's life we didn't Exactly. Know that's stuff. But, you know, what, it's, it's not that bad. What is he? I mean, it's not worth What is he, Latrell Spruwell? <laughs> what are you saying? Cause he's Strug- struggling to make ends meet and can't buy himself some fresh undies? I was going to say, what did he fucking choke Peter Sharp? <laughs> well, I'm sure he felt like it. Facebook. Well, we should call the Facebook section this week in Saguna. Um, <clears throat> Saguna. Saguna. Nate, where do I begin with you? I nearly bought a plane ticket to come up there and hunt you down after listening to your recap of Tigers vs. Oh, Eagles game. Come on, Saguna, you wouldn't put your fucking hand in your pocket. I was in complete utter shock on your stand on a no-try. No four, four words, typical fucking manly supporter. How can you say that was a no-try and defend that, Mr. Hayne? This is the same cunt you abuse week in, week out like that. You know yourself it was a try. Even old mate Stevie Wonder saw it was a try. If the tables were turned, you'd be screaming the death penalty for that crowding, cheating cunt. Glenn deserves to punch you in the face more than 14 times for those comments. Shame on you, Mr. Nate. Shame, shame, shame. <laughs> I didn't say it was no try, actually. I said I don't know. Bullshit. But I, I applaud the referees no for making On the Twitter, call. you said it was no try about t- 10 times. Uh, well, that's Twitter. Saguna's Facebook guy. He wouldn't know that shit. <laughs> Secondly, on a lighter note, I remember one of the listeners wish- wishing injury on a player in last week's episode. I remember back to 2006, me and my mate had gone to watch the Tigers versus Eagles in a trial match down at Brookie. Since it was a trial, you could sit wherever you want. And lucky enough, I managed to sit behind Joel Monaghan, who'd come to support what- and watch Michael play. After sculling down a few beers, I turned around to Joel and said, Listen, mate, don't you go doing any ACLs this year because I've got you for leading try score, all right? 
Joel laughed at me and said, I'll try my best not to, mate. The next night, Roosters were playing the Raiders in a trial match. I remember listening to the sports report on the radio. And in rugby league news, Roosters centre has been stretched off in a Medicab after suspected tearing his ACL during the Roosters win over the Raiders in tonight's trial game of the SCG. My Tigers mate rang up and said, fuck, you got Joel good. Any chance you can ask to save if it's Henry? <laughs> Back to, the, ah. back to the trial game which the Tigers lost I remember leaving the ground in disgust when a 7 year old kid raced up in front of me and my mate said to us your Tigers are fucking shit what such great sportsmanship from a typical fucking manly cut of a support <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to fourth and 22 and punt that little mutt down people on the road <laughs> um, can I just say what yeah. year was that was uh, a few years ago. how old were you were you 7 no, no. Unless, unless Sagoon is like a, an old man. I don't know oh, it sounds like it. He carries on. He says, lastly, as I was reading the Daily Telegraph, I was reading that the Sharks are in play to make an offer for Rob Louie in conjunction for the, for the sack Todd Carney. Are the Sharks fucking kidding themselves? They deserve to have all karma thrown their way if they do so. How does pissing in your mouth justify being your wife and kicking her while laying motionless on the floor, not once but twice? If that's the case, the club might as well sign up Rolf Harris and Robert Hughes as cheerleader coordinators and get Greg Bird back in the team. How Louie's still playing the NRL is like saying, it's like saying how Ennis is a better origin player than Farah. It's fucking atrocious. Believe in your junior sharks admin and don't go signing up wife-beating criminals. Have some dignity for fuck's sake. He's like fucking... The way you read he's his... He's fired up. You, the way you read his, his Facebook posts... Yeah. It's it's like Sam Kekvich. Yeah. <laughs> you know it makes sense. I'm Saguna. <laughs> yes, then he said, again. But then he finished up and said, have a speedy recovery, Shunter, and on a blood buzz, love your comic relief work. Hash, you've got me all wrong. <laughs> And he did another. He did, then he had another one. Nate, you say Penrith nerds are called Mitch. I don't think we. No. That, that, I think people got us all wrong on that. Yeah. yeah, they mixed up a couple of different things. Fucking listen to the show, Ian. Well, here's a story to have you have you in a chuckle. I was at the phone shop today purchasing a new Tigers phone cover. Legend. <laughs> After all those bad things I've just said about <laughs> yeah. you, that that redeems. The guy next to me was purchasing an Eagles one. He looked at me and said, <laughs> and said, "You should support a winning teammate." <laughs> Where my first reaction to him was "fuck off, Nate." After realizing what, he, what I, after realizing what I had said to him, I thought I was a dead man. I apologized to him, and Did he you said, say "fuck off, mate," or "fuck off, Nate." Fuck off, Nate. <laughs> After realising what I'd said to him, I thought I was a dead man. I apologised to him and he accepted. The funny thing was, after that, he said to me, how do you know my name was Nathan? <laughs> my response was, it must be a manly thing. Ash, all Nathans are cunts. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Un- unbelievable. I mean, it was a lot of Saguna this week, but I mean, it was, you know, I'm sure you'll agree it was all worthwhile. And uh, This week, balls deep in Saguna. And finally, all jokes aside, email from the man, the myth, the limp. Hey, hey, hey. Michael Gregson, a.k.a. Shunter. Don't call him a myth. The limp. The <laughs> limp. Yes. Walks with a limp like a pimp. Just wanted to use the feedback section to pass on my thanks to everyone who's either wished me well, kept me amused, trolled me, or staunchly defended my honour over this past week. I know my wife and family are greatly appreciative of the uh, rise slash pray for Shunter stuff, and in particular, everyone's combined efforts in forcing Fox Sports to retract their flame bait article. For those who missed what happened there, Josh Masood wrote a story about the injury for the Daily Telegraph, and it was okay, but Fox Sports took the Daily Telegraph article, slapped a new headline on it, making it sound like I was going to sue the Panthers. So essentially, they put me on trial by social media while I was laying in a hospital bed waiting on an operation to repair my ankle. I read a few of the comments, but it didn't affect me too much because I knew it was all based on a lie. It did, however, deeply upset my entire family. 
In a way, it may be better understand the kind of stuff that sportsmen and women go through when news outlets string them up on Facebook to be the subject of public abuse. I'm sure they probably don't care too much about it themselves, but no doubt their families don't like reading stuff like, I hope he gets bashed the dog. The combined efforts of my family, friends and a stack of awesome people from Twill Nation battled the ignorant trolls and eventually Fox Sports retracted their inflammatory headline. So on behalf of my family, thank you very much to everyone for all your support through this very tough time. I always knew you were all a bunch of great people and now my family knows too. Excellent. Nice? Excellent words. Um, I don't. I've never met Shunter and or Ninja, as I like to call him. Um, and I hope to rectify that in the future. But fuck, I was getting rate like I, it was ragey, Glenn. Yeah, reading that shit. Yeah, same. Like, so, I got the one he mentioned too, that guy's going, was... oh, he should be fucking bashed and, you know, this inbred cunt, this. I'm like, oh, fuck me. Oh. Bring that shit on, motherfucker. Yeah. And I even, like, went out there reasonable for my first one and just addressed the article and, like, Fox Sports being cocksuckers. And I thought, okay, now, I put it out there. It was all set up as a supportive uh, status comment about about Shanta. I thought, let's see these fucking cars. Just just fucking one word. Just just start me off. And no yeah. one did, unfortunately. No. And it was just great to see all the guys flood in and take all the top comments off, off the fucking imbeciles. And then it actually made, you know, like, if you were just looking at the comments... Briefly, yeah, it was all our guys. Like you recognise all the names there, you yeah, know, and it was all our guys getting stuck in. So, just people are cunts and unfuck the world because, like, just re- even like, yes, it was it was inflammatory, but if you were smart enough to read it, yeah, you could see what was going on there. But yeah. people just fucking ate it up. Oh God, yeah. Thinking about it now is making me angry. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we love you, Ninja. Exactly. And it uh, looks like he's on the mend, so, you know, he's got a long road. Represented couple on of his way out from hospital. Yeah, he did. He did. Forgot Thank to you tuck his fucking hairy monkey brain inside his shorts when he was taking a photo, <laughs> but whatever. Hairy monkey brain. <laughs> I have not heard that fucking turn of phrase before. <laughs> oh, dear. Next time, you know. And speaking mate, of representing, he was representing wearing a Twill Nation shirt that comes with the right. membership of the show. So... We still got, yeah, I mean, like... Oh, you know, don't, don't count them. Fucking don't count them. Well, don't you know, count them. We had a request. I didn't put the tweet in this week. We had a Jesus request. Crossed. We had a request that you go out there and count the shirts. And we put the clock over it. <laughs> Wouldn't that be the most annoying fucking segment <laughs> in the history of the show? But there was about like fucking 15 or something like that. All the sizes are covered. Get on there. Buy your memberships. Meetups coming down to Sydney around grand final time. We had a question about uh, meetup in Brisbane... Look, we're going to aim to do that August, September, without a shadow of a doubt. And we'll try and give everyone plenty of notice when it's going to happen. It'll probably happen around a game or at, at Suncorp, I would, I would say, would be the easiest way yeah. to do it. And, uh, you know, involve some, you know, caxoning and, and that sort of stuff and uh, drinking some piss. And, yeah, so we'll let, you, we'll let you know. Look forward to it. Yeah, can't wait. News. First story, the biggest story of the week, of course. Wayne Bennett is coming back to the Broncos. There's a lot of speculation, you know, it could have been the Dragons. But it all the news started leaking out. It was a very hastily convened meeting about 11 a.m. on the on uh, what Monday it would have been for the players and staff, and that's when they made the announcement that Hook had been hooked, 
and uh, unceremoniously asshole would be another way to say it. And uh, 2.30 that afternoon, there was a press conference and, you know, Wayne was coming back. So apparently it was all to do with the phone call around uh, Lachlan Murdoch. And Wayne Bennett phoned him up on Sunday, convincing Lachlan Murdoch that he could turn around the struggling Broncos. And then Lachlan Murdoch gave him his blessing to come back. And that was the final you know, thing that got him over there. And uh, so basically what he's going to do, he's not just returning as coach, he's going to have the power to choose his own staff. And uh, this is all done in secret with secret meetings um, of the board where I believe that Paul White, the chief executive, was not uh, privy to any of this shit. The directors reached a near so unanimous he's view. Days numbered. Yeah, you'd think so. The directors reached a near unanimous view that the appointment of the seven-time premiership-winning coach is necessary to restore team mojo in a city the Broncos once dominated. Club directors have met without the knowledge of Chief Executive Paul White, who's a strong supporter, or who was a strong supporter of the incumbent Anthony Griffin. So Bennett was keen to return to Brisbane. The move required the agreement of News, which owns 67% of the shares of the Broncos. Chairman Dennis Watt had the responsibility of seeking the approval of Murdoch, a long-term supporter of the club, but Bennett's phone call clinched the appointment. The Broncos directors believe Bennett can restore team culture, which they think has deteriorated since he left to coach St. George Illawarra in 2009. Um, Three key Broncos players were sacked from Saturday's match against the Warriors for a midweek late-night drinking binge. The Broncos defeated the Warriors 28-22, ending a three-game losing streak. The club directors believe Griffin has given all he's asked for has been given all he's asked for during his three-year term, yet the team's finished 8th and 12th in the past two seasons. White almost snared Bennett in 2011 when he told the Dragons he was leaving. Clandestine meetings in a car park of a supermarket near Sydney Airport between Bennett and White almost reached agreement on return to the club, where he was a foundation coach. White gained the approval of News to pay Bennett $900,000, a 50% increase on the six hundred grand he was paid in his final year in the Broncos three years earlier. White found another $50,000 to produce nine hundred fifty grand offer that uh, Bennett described as disrespectful, although he disputes saying this. Nor would White agree to all the players and staff Bennett sought to bring to the club. So, obviously, you read between the lines, fluffy. Uh, Bennett also had concerns about club power brokers he could not trust and has a long-term antagonism towards news, which apparently dissipated over the weekend. So... Now it says it says now he returns less about money and more about control and a return to his hometown. But I think he's getting like fucking four million over million, three years. I heard millions of <laughs> millions of dollars. The existing coaching <clears throat> staff and White will be replaced by Bennett appointees in a recreation of Wayne's World environment, which produced six pe- premierships. It's anticipated Bennett will coach the Broncos 2015-2016 and maybe 2017. And Kevin Walters, his assistant at Newcastle, would then take control with Bennett moving to a director of coaching role. Ironically, Walters was sacked as Bennett's assistant in Brisbane a decade ago. He's desperate to gain a top coaching post after being shortlisted by West Tigers and Cowboys, only for the positions to go to Michael Potter and Paul Green, respectively. And then you talk about the Dragon side of things. That's what the, the main, you know, we thought was going to happen. Negotiations between, between St. George Illawarra and Wayne Bennett were so advanced that changes to the Dragons' player roster and the makeup of his coaching staff for next season have been discussed. However, after being gazumped by the Broncos... Shocked, St. George Illawarra officials now wonder whether Bennett harboured any real desire to return to the club. They thought they'd secured him for the next season after prolonged discussions, which heightened when the 64-year-old announced he'd be leaving Newcastle early this month. But as he's done when deciding his coaching plans in the past, Bennett had a dramatic change of heart over the weekend before opting to return to Brisbane, where he coached for 21 years before joining St. George Illawarra in 2009. I just find it... I find it a little bit of a, a step backwards... Initially, for the Broncos, I think that they were building, you know, a new era under Griffin, and um, obviously, all the success that Wayne Bennett had brought along previously in, in you know, in the previous uh, history of the club, 
prior to him departing for St. George. Um, that was all too much for the Broncos. They, they, they can't handle mediocre season. You know, finishing yep. eighth, they still made the finals, and finishing 12th was, was um, unheard of, yep. I guess. And um, I think this season that the team has, has taken some, some strides forward. He, he seems to have the majority of the respect of the playing group. Griffin and um, I, I was initially surprised. Although I thought of between the the Broncos and the Dragons, I thought that Brisbane was probably the most logical solution for Bennett or lo- logical destination rather, given that his family is still here and has been since he left. Um, so I thought that probably made the most sense. But until I heard the Kevin Walters thing, I, I, I sort of really wondered what the long term benefit was for the Broncos. Uh, you know, he's a 64-year-old man. Yeah. He's not going to coach forever. He's not going to be fucking Hubie yeah. Brown. Yeah, but um, they want to, you know, maybe, you know... There's... And I, I initially thought, like, again, until I thought, until I heard the Kevin Walters stuff, um, I thought that it might be the, the, the Lockie rumour might come true, that Lockie would come into his coaching staff and he'd groom okay. him. But um, Kevin Walters, um, by all reports, and as you mentioned there, he was on the short list shortlist for the Tigers job before Potter got it so um, there's obviously a strong belief that he can coach and that he's, he's a future first grade coach and a couple of years uh, warming you know with warming the seat next to Bennett and um, before stepping into those big shoes is probably um, you know as good as good an apprenticeship as any so I, I think it's good news for Kevin Walters oh, for sure for sure um, for, for his future um, and if if Bennett's coaches three years, you know, depending on the players, you know, I don't know that both Scott, Jeremy Smith, and Darius Boyd are going to deliver a premiership, and Adam Cuthbertson are going to deliver a premiership to the Broncos. No. Does he is he the coach that gets the best out of Ben Barber? Because Barber seems all at sea at the moment. He hopeless. Um, hopeless season. What you know, recruitment wise, they've got. It's too. It's too late for you know. Like yeah. you have really have a say in that. You know, that's, Milford's that's coming. Um, so what do you do with Hoffman? You know, Barber. I think they've sort of shown their hand at least for this season with Barber playing a lot more. Playing um, five eight on Saturday night. Yeah. So it's it's not going to be. It's a it's a very different landscape that he's going to be walking into that to, compared to what he left and. He spent 21 years building that before, and it's not going to turn around in three when you've had other people at the reins, at the helm. Um, yeah, that's right. <clears throat> all right. The, the jury is out, but I guess if, if he's available, given his record, given his relationship with the club um, and his status within the game, if, if Wayne Bennett's available to coach your club, you take him, regardless of who's doing the coaching at the moment. I was listening to the radio on, uh, on the weekend uh, on uh, the ABC... And I'm talking about, you know, maybe, you know, is it time? Is it like, you know, generational change? Is that, you know, is that final? Is that happening? You look at the the successful coaches now, and you've got guys like, you know, Tuvi, Robinson, McGregor's going okay So since he's taken the reins. McFadden's going great over in New Zealand since he took the reins. Hasler. You know, Hasler. Although he's like, you know, he's been around for a decade now. So, I mean... Yeah, but I mean, you can't... That's super, compared to fucking yeah. 30 years. But then, but then you, yeah, you contrast him with, you know... Sheens, Sheens Bennett. Bennett. Or Brian Smith, you yeah. know. Fucking hopeless. All of them. I, 
I tell you what, if he if he comes to Brisbane, yeah, and there's not a mark if if they're not a completely different side in 2015, they are not going to sack Wayne Bennett fucking straight up. He's going to get more rope than anyone. No, any no, no, no. I, I don't world. think though. Yeah, I, I don't think Wayne Bennett's going to get the sack ever, yeah. at least of all from Brisbane. Yeah, but as far as his legacy goes, yeah, you know, these seasons at Newcastle, he got them to the finals last year. Yeah. Um, with the squad that he had was a pretty impressive effort. Um, how much of an effect the McKinnon stuff's had on the Knights as a squad this year it remains to be seen. But I don't know. He didn't... The, what he's been known for, he had a lot of lot of great players that played under him, but he also had a lot of... It's a bit like, you know, I guess Bellamy probably fo- flows on from, from Bennett, where there was guys that weren't... You know, gifted superstars that he made yeah. Origin players yeah. and internationals yeah. because they played for Wayne Bennett, and the the list is as long as your arm. And Bellamy has that same attribute. You know, if you can take and I use Brian Norrie as an example, if you can take Brian Norrie from Country Rugby League yeah. and make him a Premiership winner, you, you're a fucking good coach. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but if they're that hungry for success, and as I said, if Bennett's available, you take him. Um, but what if he goes three years and 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 doesn't deliver a premiership? The thing is, the the, the the question you need to ask. I mean, you can't you can't ask it about the Broncos the first time because you know with Wayne being foundation, you know it's it's it's, a, it's irrelevant. But <clears throat> you look at the Dragons and the Knights, and you cannot say in any honesty that he left those clubs in a better position. Than he than they were when when he arrived. I mean, the dragons weren't amazing, but they had the, they had like you know the the, the raw. He talent. was there to bring him a premiership, and he, he delivered. He won, like, a, he won him a premiership, but they were back. They were, they were well backwards by the time he left. Oh, I they think already they had went the backwards after he announced he was leaving. And yeah, but still, you know, he still had a year to coach. And, sure. And, yeah, and the, and the knights, fucking absolutely not in a better state. They've actually gone backwards. I mean, they had. I'd have they to had look a, at their their record. They had a nice, they had a nice little, you know, arsy sort of run towards the end of the season, but they were never, you know, they were never going to ch- challenge for the title. I mean, they they overachieved. You know, young players coming through the the Ben Barbers, the the Anthony Milfords, these sort of guys, they're <coughs> a different breed to what Wayne Bennett <laughs> cut his teeth coaching. You know, when a young player came through, a, you know, a young Langer, Walters, yep. Lockyer, Carmichael Hunt, um, fuck, the list, you know, Webkey, Sivanasiva, these guys. Scott Minto. <laughs> John Plath. When <laughs> I, I just have to power through you, wouldn't I? Um, Steve Michaels. I oh, know he's probably laughing. Different breed, different generation. Yeah. You know, Gen Y is a fucking, it's a hand grenade. As far as a club goes, and when you've you know when you've got young squads and, and you're recruiting recruiting young players, Milford's already been through the ringer, you know, in the media and, and by his own doing in a lot of ways um, with the Canberra situation before he signed with Brisbane. So, um, and the stuff that Barber's been through, like, how does he? And, and it showed at Newcastle he had an old roster. Yep. Yep. You know he likes dealing with you know these old veteran men. guys that. Veteran guys that know that have been yeah. around, they know you got. But kids are kids of the future. At the end of the day, you so, 
I just and it's a it's a different. There's no Cyril Connell there bringing people through. It's it's a different landscape at Brisbane than than what he's what he would have been used to when he left. So um, it'll be a test for him, but I'm certainly not going to back against him, and I can't hack on the Broncos for for going after him and, and getting him because, like I said, if he's available, there's not one club in the NRL um, that wouldn't have Wayne Bennett coaching them. I, I, I think there's, there's a number of clubs that are probably pretty happy with their, their coach at the moment. I agree, but... Teams teams that all have, you know, well up the ladder from Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> but his record speaks for itself. I guess, you know, you probably look at your Melbournes and your Manleys... Um, I think Roosters are probably fairly... Roosters would be pretty happy, um, but it's a pretty fucking short list. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you can't hack on the Broncos, but uh, you know what? Listeners can. Sure. So, uh, Ryan Finance, Wayne Bennett is a snake. Calling News Corp on rise for Alex Day to broker a position in a different club for 2015. What a dog. Strong words. But I wanted to leave the strongest oh, look, words. Oh, can I just respond to that? Yeah. I, I, see where, I see where he's coming from. But he's a professional at the end of the day, and and he's, you know, that's a that's a business move. And people look after their, you know, the best managers look after their their, their people and look after their employees and and people that they're close to in a professional sense, um, while still making business decisions every day. And football's a business. I don't I don't have an issue with that. That's not what you said before we were recording tonight, though. Sorry, that's not what you said before we recorded tonight, though. I can, I can that's see some strong words. <laughs> I can see th- that his legacy is on the line. That's my thing. So you're not going to go? You're not going <laughs> to talk about the other stuff? I can't actually remember what I said, Nathan. You're saying that he was, uh, he, was he was very self-centered. He is. A, he's a, a self-centered man. Person in terms is, of leaving his family in Brisbane. And, well, it makes you wonder. Those sort of things makes you wonder. But it, at the end of the day. He's a professional, and he and he looks at it like the decision that he made to leave Brisbane in the first place. Like the decision that he made, he could have stayed at the Dragons for for huge money uh, for as long as he liked. Um, but at the end of the day, he's he's chased the money in Newcastle, and he's chasing the money in Brisbane. Chase more money. I just don't think that it ta- it it takes away from the from the Alex McKinnon thing. I, I think when you look at that that episode of the Footy Show last week, it's the first time I watched a Footy Show in years. Um, and it was only really because Wayne Bennett was going to be on there and yeah. the the rise for Alex stuff. So, um, I've I think to be successful and as, as successful as you've been as he's been, you do have to be extremely selfish. Um, you know, in that sort of sense, um, just remains to be seen whether he can have the same effect on on the football club. Mister Wars, a uh, guest host of the show on a couple of occasions. Bigger Broncos fan you wouldn't find. No. He fucking detonated at this news. He's over in England. He pays for his memberships, reasonable memberships too, even though yeah, he's not here seats. to use them. Yeah, yeah, good seats. Because that's how big a you know, fan of the club he is. Sent some tweets through. Fucking disgusted by Brisbane Broncos' treatment of Hook. He's worked hard to build this team that's close to something. If Bennett brings Boyd back to the club, the Brisbane Broncos could stick my season membership. How many fullbacks does the team need? And then he went on again. He's like, Hook is a good coach. He was building something here. I'm really fucked off about this. And what I'm scared of is Wayne, A, bringing Fluffy, and B, only making us competitive for three years until he retires and we're left to build again. 
Well, that that was my fear as well. But if yeah. if Walters is groomed for the position, I guess it probably is setting him up for the long term. Sam McNally, uh, Sam McNally, five four eight two said, uh, "Broncos resigning Bennett is ridiculous. He thinks he's bigger than the game. Hope they get pumped." Look, I always say the Broncos get pumped. <laughs> same, same for me. But yeah, agree. <clears throat> On to rise for Alex. A very, uh, very successful weekend. NRL supporters have donated more than $1.1 for injured Newcastle forward Alex McKinnon after a bucket appeal and sale of wristbands at Hunter Stadium on Sunday raised thirty grand alone. The huge fundraising effort comes as NRL players consider whether to endorse a proposed insurance policy that may not pay them as big a sum as if they were to suffer such a catastrophic injury. McKinnon, who was left with a devastating spinal injury after the lifting tackle in the Round 3 clash with Melbourne at Amy Stadium, will need the money to meet the cost of medical bills, housing suitable for his mobility and movement, essential physiotherapy equipment and treatment as he strives to walk again. The NRL has donated $1 for each of the 136,671 fans who attended the seven matches played in the season up until the Monday Night Football, which I think added about another 10,500, something like that. Well, Amy Stadium and the SCG Trust provided an additional $1 for each person who passed through the turnstiles at their venues for Storm Raiders and Roosters Panthers games. In total, 162143 has been raised from ticket sales, plus whatever they raised, and it's about another 10,000, 10,500 from Manly and St. George. Um... The Warriors, Bulldogs, Canterbury sponsored J-Car, Telstra, Carlton United, Lion Nathan, Channel 9 and News Corp were among the other big donors while fans pledged money during a telethon last Thursday night. I've always been proud of this game, but over the last week when all the hype started for this round with Alex, the response has been outstanding and magnificent, the generosity, Knights coach Wayne Bennett said. I've always been proud to be a part of it, but I'm more proud of this week of the game than I've ever been because it's certainly the first time in my history in rugby league that we've done something like this. Plus, since I've been coaching, which is 28 years now, I just want to thank everyone today and Thursday. The people in Newcastle have been outstanding. The amount of money we've raised and given here has been magnificent. There was $30,000 here today just on wristbands and donations alone. However, most players are uninsured for severe injuries as negotiations between NRL, Players Union and clubs have failed to agree on a policy acceptable to all parties. A new proposal was sent to players on Friday and they've been asked to vote on it soon. Um... Apparently, the cost of insurance will be split evenly between the player, the club, and the NRL. However, there are concerns it only covers 75% of a player's contract and is capped at 500 grand. It's also understood the policy does not provide cover for any existing injury, mental health, or illness. Find a better provider. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the thing. I mean, they're talking about, you know, getting some standard... They're talking about getting a standardised plan together, I guess, I guess, through the union for the players. Because... When you go into something and there's that risk attached to it, insurance can be hard to come by. Yeah, but insurance is, is assessed on risk. And yeah, how many players have played the game in 106 years now? Mm-hmm. Not diminishing Alex's situation. But we've had one. And maybe look at Juarki, Dwyer, how much you get there. But it's yeah. catastroph- catastrophic, you know, career-ending injury like that mm-hmm. they'd tear it this is what they fucking do yeah um, it's assessed on risk we've had mm-hmm. one yeah uh, in the NRL in 106 years so if you can't with all the publicity and, and, and goodwill I guess advertising that a potential provider could, could extract from the NRL by being their provider you would think that they'd be able to... And think someone would come to the, the party. The fucking Players Association mm-hmm. is possibly the 
biggest toothless tiger in the history of fucking organisations. Mm-hmm. You look at what the players' organisation does in overseas, the NBA, yep. the NFL, the NHL, these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Those motherfuckers go on strike. Well, they'll fuck an entire season if they yeah, have they'll to. They'll kill a season Yeah, in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Who Who is the players? No one even knows who the fuck is running that show over there. It's, like the, it's like the traditional... It's faceless men, Nathan. It's the traditional old school run by footballers fucking mm. non-entity that clubs used to be. If they can't find a fucking insurance provider that provides cover, look, my, look I have a policy. I mean, it's life insurance. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, but my life insurance policy is bigger than that. And yeah. Well, you're definitely, you're, you're more dead than alive. Yeah. As most people, you, yeah. Absolutely. But if they can't provide, find a provider and and pitch, you know, those policies in such a way that here's the amount of fucking exposure we can get I for mean, your company, the amount of money that these companies pay on fucking advertising. Put a, put a sponsorship component into the, the NRL. Exactly. Like, you know, it's and not that go, hard. Get some fucking salespeople in there. Make it happen. Get the players covered as they should be yeah. and for the right amount. And like, you know, we've got, you know, use the top grade, the top, the top flight, you know, top 25 of the clubs. We've got 400 fucking people. That we're exactly. gonna go onto your, they're gonna go onto this plan, fucking make it do the deal. Silly. I yeah. just, I don't understand it. You look at the work that, that you know corporations do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know our parent company, the fucking lengths that they go to to work hard to get better deals for you know company sponsored um, health insurance and, yep. and things like that, and the benefits you can extract just on a on a corporate everyday Joe Blow office worker level. Yeah. Diesel fitters or whatever, yeah. they they're playing on a fucking different playing field and they're fucking it up. Mm-hmm. They've got all the bonuses, all the aces up their sleeve, and they don't know what the fuck to do with them. Yep, they, you know, they got all the fucking aces up. They they got a fucking all the aces up their sleeve and they're playing Uno. <laughs> Stupid cunts. Playing snap. <laughs> Old maid. Yeah. Fucking idiots. Get your act together and make yourself more. No, they're playing. They're playing fifty-two pickup. That's what they're doing. Fucking spastics. <laughs> I just, I, I just can't believe that, you know. Again, it's the inferiority of the NRL that inf- it really annoys me. You know, the it's, Players Association needs to be front and centre with issues like this, and and every fan should be aware of who the fucking Players Association is, association is who runs it, who represents them, and what they've, what, their what they're achieving. Are. Yeah, yeah. Celebrate your success and do it publicly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's the old rugby league. Fucking ex players, you know, running the running yeah. the canteen, you know, that, it's yeah that level of business experience. Yeah, and it's, unfortunately, that stretches all the way through the game, and some of them are great. And it's coming out, but the thing is, it's actually slowly coming out of the game in terms of you know clubs being run. Yeah, okay. slowly seeing guys like that you know disappear and professionals coming in. And you actually and, have sporting you know administration backgrounds coming in to do that sort of thing. Well, they've got rid of it. You know, to a large extent, in the NRL itself, in the commission. Sure, Channel Nine's got some work to do. Channel Nine's got a fucking ton of work to do, and that's why the footy show is, you know, the 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 monstrosity that it is. No offense to anyone who listens to this show, it also listens to that. But I've got to wonder what are we still winning logies. Yeah, logies are fucking voted on by not quality, it's voted on by people who, who read TV Week. So didn't even know that show still that that magazine still existed. Just the TV Week Logie Awards. Yeah, 
No, I, I get where you're coming from. They basically sell all their issues one time a year when there's the voting form. <laughs> yeah. Okay, next. Canberra assistant Brett Kamali has emerged as a potential contender for the vacant Newcastle Knights coaching job next season. After he revealed he's interested in the position, he's yet to speak to anyone at the Knights, but admitted the prospect of returning to his hometown to take on a head coaching role after four years as assistant at Canterbury and Raiders appealed to him. The Knights' interim advisory board, comprising CEO Matt Gidley, Chairman Paul Harrigan, NRL advisor John Quayle, and two NRL representatives, met on Friday to discuss the criteria to be put in place for the appointment of Wayne Bennett's successor. A subcommittee of Gidley, Harrigan and Quayle will be drawn up, well, they'll draw up a short list to go to the full board later this week, with the interview process likely to start sometime next week. As a possibility, we could have a decision within a fortnight, depending on the availability of the people we interview, but we're not going to rush it. Current Knights assistant and former head coach Rick Stone, Penrith New South Wales coach Garth, Garth Brennan, Cowboys assistant Terry Madison, Gold Coast assistant Neil Henry, and current West Tigers coach Mick Potter are among the names being bandied around. Kamali is also expected to come under consideration now as well. He said, I'm finishing up at Canberra at the end of the season, but I want to continue coaching the former Kangaroo halfback who played almost 300 NRL games and gave up 400 interceptions, said... I haven't spoken to anyone at the Knights, but Newcastle, well, it's my hometown, or was. I've got a history there. I played at the club. I know the place well and still love the place. So I understand the Knights are not like any other club in the NRL because of that special connection with the community up there. I'm not too sure what the process is regarding the new coach, so I'll have to wait and see, I guess. Really? Look, I'm not I'm not aware of his skill level as a coach, to be honest. I, just, I, I, I base all my opinions on him from... Uh, the, the only way he'd be he's successful on Girdler, uh, the greatest, the greatest inter- intercept practitioner in the history of rugby league, was on his coaching staff. Just to balance it fight. out. Yeah. Balance it out. Yeah. Look, We're going to run think... this play, boys. And then Gerd was, Gerds would be like, no. Look, Here's where all... that pass will get picked off. I think, I think the, Knights, the Knights are in a situation here where they're at the mercy of a couple of other teams as well. There's the the whole audit on the, the entire organisation there at the, at the Titans. That could fuck Cardi off. Yeah. At which point Neil Henry would probably ascend to the the head coach role there. Otherwise, Neil Henry's also be, been yeah sorry he's yep. also being sought by the Dragons. Although now it's looking like Paul McGregor might be a a candidate to stay there permanently as the coach, given that he was an Illawarra player and it can heal the the rift between the merged parties, as you know, someone to bridge the divide. Which means if that happens, then yeah, you take Henry off the table. And then that narrows it down to a couple others. Like Rick Stone, you'd have to think that he would be fairly well positioned. To well, up. I mean, he didn't uh, He didn't do a horrible, 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 fucking hell, English is my second language. He didn't <laughs> do a horrible job um, previously. So. No, that's right. Exactly. Uh, Terry Madison. There's ever blasting past. What the fuck? He still wears a headgear. Um, look, I... What, what, has he coached Q Cup or something? He's uh assistant up at uh yeah he did didn't he coach look I, I, oh no he coached in England yes yeah he did no he did coach quite successfully too for quite um, a while too he was over there wasn't he yeah no he was yep fuck I just can't take I can't shake the vision of Terry Madison scoring all those points in the first ever Broncos game against Manly <laughs> I was there and I can't remember a fucking thing about it really yeah you were at that game yeah. I remember watching it in the uh, the little, little room in the back of uh, the pub that my dad managed. Uh, I was that was before you come up. I was eleven at the time. Yeah, and um, I was watching it. 
on uh, what was a pretty fucking big screen in those days. It might have been the first game we went to Lang Park for. Try to think. Yeah, I remember that first season the Broncos went to like one of Dad's mates game. was a huge, <clears throat> and I thought like until I met you, he was by far the biggest fucking cockhead manly fan I ever met in my life. <laughs> he was smug. So fucking smug. Smug. It's, it's, it's I remember conf- he had a confidence. he had a, like a a bit of a like a seizure or something. Like he, he had some sort of fucking and he was quite fucked up. He like <laughs> lost half the use of his face and stuff. <laughs> he looked exactly like you do now. Poor cunt. Although you haven't had a seizure. Um and I remember going to visit him in hospital with dad. I was a young fella. And um I just remember him. He was in hospital. He was wearing a fucking manly jersey. And I said, yeah, I, was, you know, I hope you get better soon. He goes, oh, look, I'll be better in no time, mate. Manly will win another premiership soon. <laughs> How right he was. I was like, fucking hell. How right he was. The only if thing ever that... there was a case for someone to be fucking struck down properly. The only time... <laughs> the only... <laughs> The, the only team that can actually say the only team that a member for a, a, a fan can say that from is Manly. <laughs> no, you like you imagine a South person saying that. It's like yeah, fucking get real. Imagine a Cronulla person saying that. <laughs> oh, if a South fan had said that to me, I'd be like this cunt's got brain damage, Dad. <laughs> if Cronulla he was like, oh fuck, <laughs> another. What do they win one when you're in a coma? <laughs> oh. We're horrible people, mate. Oh, terrible, terrible. That's as good a time as any. Like, good segue though. <laughs> this article from fucking Bulldog Richie this morning claiming that five star players could possibly walk away. I mean, the language is all fucking ridiculous. Five star players could possibly walk away from Brookvale. It could be the dismantling of a great football team. It's just one of those articles where it's talking a lot of words to fill a quota and essentially says nothing. Um, the, the crux of it is that uh, reportedly... Three senior players have, have sought releases. Brett Stewart, Steve Matai, Anthony Watmo. And losing star players would be a crushing blow for uh, 2013 Premiers. Rightful Premiers, I should say. Um, and the, the decision to allow Glenn Stewart to walk away and Simon South always had the potential to split the club. Now, David Perry, this, the, the language, this, this paragraph here tells you everything about the article. Manly General Manager David Perry, who didn't even make Stewart an offer was not commenting on Monday night on suggestions the players wanted out. Now, it's it's well documented that uh, David Perry was the, the, the first guy. He was like a non-manly person, came to the club in the COO and then general manager position now, had the balls to fucking to, to extract or excise the cancer in the club in the, in the terms of Peter Peters, Zorba. Ever since Zorba's been on a crusade to fuck to fuck David Perry over and get rid of him, given that the there's not board support to get rid of him because uh, Zorba Zorba sides with the Pens and they only have uh, three out of seven votes on the on the the board governing decision and the two groups of two the football club and the Leagues club generally side together because you know what they make the decisions that are right for the club and and don't run agendas and shit like that so. Zorba's clearly, he's making another play. The first story we saw in the play was a couple of weeks ago when it was, uh, you know, after a manly game at Brookvale Oval, uh, David Perry, there was an altercation between David Perry and a family member of an ex-employee. And apparently it was a verbal altercation and everything. I think we can join the dots as to who the, the family member, who the family member was related to, which ex-employee this person was related to. And, 
you know, this article goes on to talk about, you know, Kieran Four and, you know, he still hasn't committed to the club despite coming off contract at the end of next year. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, Tuvi said, look, I don't talk about individual contracts. As far as I know, they'll be here next year. Um, they said, everyone keeps trying to bring this club down when we're successful. I don't understand it. What the players do best is play football and hopefully this is what we'll continue to do. I admire, I admire the fact that Manly, there's, there's a lot of bullshit that gets written and there's a lot of stuff that gets um, bandied about about the club and they still manage to go about their business making grand finals and semis and, and it fucking pains me to admit it. And especially when you look at, you, you know, compare it to a club like Para or Cronulla. Yep. You know, 1986 was a fucking long time ago, Para. Mm-hmm. Um, and your board is the fucking shambles. Forever is a long time ago, Cronulla. (laughs) (laughs) Never happened is a long time ago, Cronulla. (laughs) And your board is also a shambles. Um, But, you know, there is those, you know, factions within the club pulling against one another. Um, How much of the player stuff you read into, you know, I'm at the point with Manly until, you know, a bit like the Brett Stewart thing, until I actually physically see him admitting in public that in a press conference they've signed something yeah Yeah, he's going then I won't believe it yeah Um, unfortunately due to the fact that the West Tigers sell papers they're they're going through some similar shit as well and Grant Mayer is possibly the greatest thing to ever happen to the West Tigers club I feel and the way he handles that sort of shit and he come he gets on the front foot with media reports and and really comes out and refutes it or, or deals with the facts. Some sometimes the stories can be based on, um, you know, a sliver of fact and the rest is built up around that story. Yeah. Um, and well, there's he, a lot of he you know, probabilities a, and maze. Yeah, and, and he he has a, a good way of extracting, you know, the, you know, even if it's a small sliver of fact out of it and pointing that out and saying the rest is is pure speculation. So, um, I think you know he. Learned that from his time at Manly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just, it's a fucking joke. Um, and just think, you just, some of the stuff just doesn't even make sense. Like, what my next season is collecting because of Des Hasler back ended contracts machinations, he's collecting 950 grand next season. You think, you think, A, he can't get that anywhere else. B, you would never fucking walk away from that kind of fucking money. There's no way he couldn't even go overseas and get that kind of money for a, a single season. I'm sure of it. Um, and it even talks, this article here talks about, you know, or, you know, Brett Stewart could end up at Redfern. No, that's established that South have come out in the media and said, we don't have the salary cap and we've got a fullback. Thanks very much. You know, mm. GI does a job for us wonderfully. Um, so the fact is, I mean, they talk about this $4 million deal for Cherry Evans. Parramatta haven't offered Cherry Evans a contract. They can't negotiate with players until until November. You can't you can't you can't start negotiating with him because he's got next year's contract as well. So it's fucking ridiculous. But I will get to the bottom of the Cherry Evans thing. David Perry was on the Big Sports Breakfast this morning and said that he's received no release request other than the one we know about with Matai, which was months ago, not like a week ago, as the papers would have you believe. And it's just, and I just think that. They've got every right to be you know to be unhappy that you know Glenn Stewart had to leave. If he's their mate, blah blah blah. At the end of the day, the four of them will never play for a club again together. No. There's no club on earth that could fit them with existing rosters. No f- club could fit all four of them under the under the same but salary cap. So if they don't all play for the same club, does that mean they can't be mates? 
Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> would they, would the they, fuck would up. Would, they, would, the would they rather play with three of them together and yeah. whatnot, or would they all just like to scatter around fucking all, all four points? It's, it's, it's fucking ridiculous. It's a bit like the, you know, and if there is, if, and it's a big if, but if there is any truth that they are really super pissed off and want yeah. to walk out in the club because their mate signed, yep. it's a bit like the Benji thing. Yeah. Oh, you know, these are some of my best mates who left the club. Big fucking deal. Yeah, yeah. And I think, and the pro, and the, it does it does highlight the problem that the NRL has done nothing about you know uh, salary cap system for player long term player discounts and 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 severe penalties for people who breach this you know the you know approaching players before you know they're allowed to and that kind of thing, um, but it's it's just basically the it's it's the momentum of rugby league, time marches on in rugby league, and it would be absolutely wonderful. If all of these guys could play their entire first grade careers from start to finish together. You know who I blame, Nathan? Who do you blame? Steve Menzies. Why do you blame if Steve If he Menzies? didn't play his whole fucking career at Manly and go out with a, grand, a try <laughs> in a fucking grand final, everyone wants these that. Everyone blokes wants the fairy wouldn't tale. be trying to emulate it. He wrote the fairy tale. Exactly. And they all want to have a sequel. Yeah. Now the thing is, I mean, if it would be fantastic if they could all play together for their entire career with their mates, but it's not how it works out. It's just the time. It's 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 the way rugby league. It's the way rugby league is, and the other thing as well. Now that there's all this manoeuvring with the salary cap and things like that, people get creative with the salary cap and the third party things, and players will take contract cuts and things like that to stay together. I mean, Manly been you know wonderful at doing that. You know, the players you know, sticking together, and that's great. But then when they get to their last contract, they look at that one as their last big payday. Which is their right to do so, and sure. like I agree with, they get their money while they can. However, it leaves clubs in an awkward situation because then it leaves they've got to juggle with a guy, big bucks to a guy who's in the last couple of years of their of their career, versus the young ones that they're trying to keep that are coming up for the longevity and future success of the club. I just feel that mainly more than any other club with the style of football that they play and the type of club that they are. Um, when you look at those players in particular, I'm going to use what may. Matt-Eye and Stewart as examples. They want to be fucking careful if they are what they making for. making ruck, you know, ruckus at the club. Mm-hmm. Because Matt-Eye plays the game very fucking hard. Mm-hmm. Very fucking hard. He's not a... He's not a Darren Lockyer or a Benji Marshall. He's not a playmaker. It, or, yeah. But he's not the type of guy that has gone his whole career and it's fucking... Hasn't put his body under yeah. immense amounts of fucking... Punishment. Yep. If you know what I mean. So, Steve Maddow is not going to have this this plateau at the end of his fucking career where he's just going to be able to go through emotions. And and you'll know that Maddow is not yeah. the player he once was. His body's going to pack it in. Yeah. And his, his and lifespan is going to go, right. boom, this is the end of Steve Maddow. Yep. And then, okay, retirement. And that's it. And then he's basically, you know. What mode's the same? Yep. And what mode's some injuries are starting to creep in mm-hmm. over the last couple of years. Yep. What mode's the same? Stewart is the same, but in a different sense, in that he's already had these long term injuries. And he's back. And his body. That's right. How long is that going to last? And you look at Glenn Stewart, barely played a game this year. Exactly right. So. Makes the club look like fucking geniuses in that timing. These guys need to be careful that this is a club that they need. To be to be latched onto because all that goodwill, all the premierships, all the all the great games, all the hero moments, mm-hmm. that's goodwill, and that goes into jobs after footy. Mm-hmm. Make a count of yourself now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you could be fucking costing yourself a lot of money uh, yeah, down the track. That's you know? right. Yeah, if, if there's any truth to it, I don't know that there is, yeah. but I just think those guys in particular probably need to be careful because they might get to a point where if they 
do indeed make cunts of themselves, mm-hmm. we merely go, okay, see you later, yep. and then pff, no one wants them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, exactly. And like, you know, that's, you know and if they, if they actually got, you know, did, did push the issue, then, you know, thanks for the memories. Yeah. See you later. You know, serve your deals out quietly, or fucking, or see you later. I mean, that money can go towards retaining Cherry Evans and, and Foran for life, mm. and that'll win us more games than not, no matter who's on the outside of those and guys. You know, I've seen some. You know, I was actually having a bit of an email exchange with my mortgage broker today, who's a massive Manly fan, and um, he was, you know, we were having a similar discussion, and um, he he said the same sort of thing. You know, we we do have a bit of a habit of of finding gems. You know, and players and players tend to leave. We keep the ones we, ne- we that we want to keep. Yep. And if they leave, 2011. Who who had a better fucking breakout year in 2011 than David Williams? Yeah. You know. Yeah. And well, he's then, in 2008. He was. I mean, he was, you know, well, that, those. You know. That sure. Whole era. But 2011 was the year he yeah. played with State of Origin and played for. Australia. No, no, no. Was no that, 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 that was 2008. That was oh, like the World Cup, the World Cup final, and everything. Okay. 2008. So. Fucking. Look at that guy. Yeah, huge, huge clubman, you know all the rest of it. Yeah, then Hiku comes along, mm-hmm. Tafil comes along, mm-hmm. come in first grade. Yeah, and he's behind Chase Blair, and you know exactly. he's like fifth option. That's know, right. So. Um, you look at um, Gutherson mm-hmm. coming through. You know, <laughs> you look at there's guys. He's ready to play first grade. He's that's proven right. it. Exactly. He's he yeah. he has, hasn't. He's made every post a winner, and um, Hiku has done the job at fullback. Yeah. So, and he's you know, done the job at centre too. So you right. know, he can go there and Gutherson can take a wing. He's done a great job there. I just Gutherson's a fullback. Yeah, Hiku's a fullback. That's right. So they do manage... We played so many games this year missing both Stewart and Watmo in the pack. Mm. And guys like Bure stepped up and, you know, uh, Tom Simons. They stepped up and done the job. We had a patch through yeah. with, with Watmo injured. Horro, I think Horro's had a, yeah. a pretty good season. He's, he's okay. He's better last year. and he's, he's had some average moments this year, but yeah. he's, you know, he's okay. But yeah, yeah, exactly. And the thing is, you know, and if Watmo wants to go to Parramatta, well, you'll get to see how the other half live. He'll be standing under the fucking goalpost watching the <laughs> opposition kicker take conversion attempts for 80 minutes a fucking week. You know? <laughs> is that the way you want to go out then? I would just think that would go against everything I have been led to believe that Watmo stands for. Oh, I'm, I'm my, uh, this is the thing. I'm, I'm trying to get to the bottom of what the, the truth of it is. And... um because it's so at odds of everything. I mean, I saw uh, someone on Twitter or something have a quote up from 2010 talking, you know, from what my, like, you know, one club player, this, and, uh, you know, it was ridiculous. You read it and you think, wow, what a great quote. And then you see 2010, and you're like, oh, wow. If what's if what's been said is true, then fucking, you know, yeah, you haven't grown up that much yet, you know? like. Mm. And at the end of the day, the, the final word on it for me is if Beaver can get the fucking tap... Yeah, anyone can, and anyone sh- and anyone should be in the line to get the tap because no one is more fucking you know entitled to ser- to play like shit final you know years like you know bludge for a year yeah, or two yeah. than Steve fucking Menzies you know and I mean you look at the, the contrast. Can we start talking about Manly now. No, finally to contract these to contrast these guys. Look at Brent Kite. Yeah, got moved on. Said in the media, look, I'm not, you know, I'm not happy, but it is what it is. I understand the, you know, salary kept pressure, blah blah blah. And then he just went, you know, didn't bitch, didn't take any, didn't take the club down with him, any of that sort of shit, and just got on with it. And uh, you know, of course, he's fucking hating every minute of living out there in Penrith and playing for those shit guns. But, but he took it like a man, 
and he's played 200 games for us and so the second he retires he can come back and fucking get his life membership and you know all time manly legend Clive Churchill winning 40 nil. I mean yeah can't get better than that and that's it Recaps, kicking off Friday night football, North Queensland Cowboys 36 defeated the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks 18 down there at the tip at Ramondas in under 10,000 people. And apparently it was uh, really fucking cold out there too. Like, yeah. It wasn't a happy place to be. Well, I remember going to Cronulla multiple times and depending on the stage of the season that you went, yeah. but if you went at this time... Yeah, not happy. Fuck. Better than Bruce. Wind Stadium down at Wollongong? Yeah. That's That's... Possibly the arsehole of the earth. Yeah, I can Canberra, Bruce would probably fucking. Oh, Canberra, right. Canberra's yeah. on another level. Yeah. But the the proximity to the water there, yeah, that wind with the yeah. wind yeah. coming the right way. Oh fuck! <laughs> and there's no escaping it. It's yeah. like Toowoomba cold, like yeah. Toowoomba wind. You know, when the wind blows up there, and it's the middle of winter, it's there's no escaping it. It just yeah. cuts you. Yeah. Um. So, I can't hate on people for not fucking going to that shit hole. Yep, Cowboys 36 tries to Tarek Sims, double to Thurston, Antonio Wittestein, Michael Morgan, Glenn Hall also with tries, Jonathan Thurston 5 from 6 conversions and a penalty goal, defeating the Sharks 18 tries to Jonathan Wright, Michael Gordon, Luke Lewis and 3 from 3 conversions from Gordon. How bad has Michael Gordon gotten? Pretty fucking ordinary. He was like a super coach guy at one stage. He was so good like too, before he had yeah. the injury and signed with the Sharks. I mean, there was a time there where he's, he's carries from like retrieving a kick. Yeah. Just fucking like... And his goal kicking, he scored oh, a lot of tries. Well, I mean, his goal kicking, let's be fair, the goal kicking is one aspect of his game that hasn't fallen off, but... No, sure. Fuck no, I was hell. saying that added to his super coach. Yeah. You know. Like, it just... He's, oh. But some some of the errors he's made this season. Yeah. Um, and this game highlighted a few. He, he didn't have a happy... Certainly an unhappy start to the game and um, sort of tapered off as the game went on, but it's just it's a shame to see a guy with so much talent and now he's getting to this you know the back end of his career mm-hmm. um, he's 30 now wow so he only really had his fucking emergence in his late 20s too yeah, like, yeah he had yeah, that yeah. one blinder of a season exactly maybe two um, I've got to say I'm not convinced the Cowboys are an elite side they 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 give up a lot of ground um, you know Teams can make easy meters through there. Tamau's a myth. Yeah, well, you know, you no know, shit. I mean, like he always has been, hasn't he? I've I've never really been one to rate him. Um, and mainly the time where Benji was on the ground and bitch slapped him. Yeah. And there was no. Could you imagine if Benji bitch slapped Watmo or someone like yeah. that? Like, yeah, I mean, Benji would end up a fine powder. There's a come up and it's fucking yeah. you know down the track from that, if not immediately. Um. I just, I just think that teams, if they've got a, a somewhat mobile pack and then and some nifty outside backs, I think you can make all the ground you want against the Cowboys. And yeah. I don't think their their defense is offering much resistance. Their defense out wide is fucking is, is fucking terrible. And like a Cowboys fan, or you know, just a, a rugby league watcher would look at it and go thirty six eighteen. You go, yeah, it's mm. fucking comfortable. Like Cowboys smashing. Yeah, it's a, it's a different story when you watch the game. I tell you, if Cronulla actually fucking spread the ball. And started with the strategies, which ended up, you know, towards the end of the game, giving the ball, you know, getting in Fecky's hands. Yeah, they would have scored. They scored very easy fucking tries 
on the basis of, of, of you know territory made down that side. And I think if they had have just you know get it to Fecky, adopted that as a game plan, I think the game would have been a lot closer. Um, I also have to admit, I, I think I was wrong about Michael Morgan. Um, when he came to grade and he was playing in the halves and he was playing alongside Thurston and probably getting overcalled every fucking time and um, was probably a little bit intimidate, intimidated playing against him, or playing with him, sorry, um, and and having him try and make calls and boss players around that, that JT was also trying to boss around. Yeah. Um, but at fullback, he's, he's got more speed than I ever gave him credit for. Um, he's ball playing there. He's, he picks his moments. He's quite good defensively. Yep. Um, I didn't even know he was a fullback. When they said they were going to play him at fullback, I'm like, what the fuck? He's halfback. This was like his coming out game, though, too, I think. As, as oh, he's fullback. had I some mean, good just, games and, and some this, great moments yeah. this year. Um, so, yeah, really impressive to see him make the fullback position his own, especially with the demise of, or oh, sorry, with the departure of, of Matt Bowen. I'm sure even some Cowboys fans are wondering, what the fuck? Yeah, you know that great combination over so many years was being busted up, and what they were going to do. But um, I think he's, you know, long term he could he could be uh, a really great player for the Cowboys. Okay, now moving to Twitter, Shane Aaron Elvis, the Cronulla Sharks needed more needed more seventh tackle sets. Cowboys still shit away from home. Beating Sharks isn't a badge of honour. Uh, ben Zed, Wade Graham's talents are wasted at Sharks, thrashed at home by the worst roadside in NRL. He's on hash shyabolical. <laughs> He's on hash carny spake. <laughs> Jesus. South Sydney Rabbitohs 32 defeated the Parramatta Eels 12 at Pertec. And uh, this one, well, the South Sydney Rabbitohs 32 came from tries. The Lottie, just the one though. Double to Sam Burgess, double to Alex Johnson, Kyle Turner with a try as well. Dylan, uh, Adam Reynolds, sorry, two from three conversions. Uh, Isaac Luke, two from two. Dylan Walker had a miss. And uh, the Eels... Tepi Maroa and Joseph Paulo tries and Sandow, two from two conversions. Lottie Takiri and, and Chris Sandow had a couple of grubby moments. Um, Lottie with a tackle that went uh, all sorts of wrong. Crusher. Only caught pretty, a week for it too. Pretty aggressive and, and I was expecting him to get a lot longer than what he did. At it the was worse than Horro's one in my opinion. Which Horro had to sit, you know, what, three or four? Was it that long? I think it was, I think it was maybe three for guilty plea. So, um, yes. And then Sandow, you know, with a, a prone opponent, mm. he dived in with a shoulder. It was pretty ordinary. He's fucking got... He's always yeah, had that in his game, definitely though. has had... Always had it in his game. Um, I think Sam Burgess... That, uh, I can't remember. Was it Matty Johns? Um, made the comment that uh, with him going to English rugby next year, you, you might have expected him to, to be off the pace a little bit this year and not be yeah. the same sort of player. Yeah. He's really building. Um, he did have some quieter games... Earlier in the season, but I think each week now he's he's among South's best. Uh, some really damaging runs as he's, as he's been known and, and become accustomed to doing. Um, so I've been fairly impressed with his commitment to South. Just I've been a little bit concerned uh, for South in that they haven't really haven't really had that those really convincing performances um, that they were renowned for last year. Yep. Uh, really strong um, and, and just suffocating their opponents through the middle. And um, But I think at the back end of this game, and I know it was Parra, and I know Parra are still in that stage where, um, you know, they, they've on the way to being a much better side than what they have been in the last couple of seasons, but they've still got a fair way to go. But they really closed this game out impressively, um, really choked Parra down and um, 
kicking game. Forwards really got the momentum going through the middle and, and they put some put some points on to close the game out. So I was fairly impressed. All right. I'm Tim McIntyre underscore says, uh, fucking hell, thanks to Vitoto, I'm going to cry myself to sleep tonight. I should bring back Ken Seo. Jeez. I, I think Toto was the, to- was the title reason for that. The Ben Z, uh, solid but not flashy by Bunnings. Use of Kiri remains interesting. Wild card for side heading towards the finals. It is interesting use of Kiri. I mean, it's funny, uh, there was a news article that I considered using for the, the show tonight, but I figured we had enough. But they're saying that uh, South are looking to extend the contract of uh, Adam Reynolds. Despite the you know talk over the last couple of weeks that he was out of favour and yeah. if he wanted to leave they could probably piss off and you know Kiri come in. But I thought Kiri would be the five eight. I thought it was meant to be Kiri and Reynolds, but then the, you know then the talk came out. Oh, you know Reynolds is out of favour, so I don't know what does that mean. Does it mean does it like Sutton? I mean, you know, I think Sutton's a lock know. and don't know. Roosters thirty two to feed the Panthers twelve at Allianz. And uh, the Roosters, 32, came from tries there. Aiden Guerra, Mitch Orbison, Remy Casti, Boyd Coordinate with a double. Five from five conversions from Maloney and a penalty goal. Panthers, 12, came from tries to Bryce Cartwright, James Cigarro, Soward, two from two conversions. Fairly ominous signs that everything people were saying about Penrith credentials might be true. <laughs> um, they come up against the Roosters, who um, haven't been at their best uh, for... You know, long periods this season, still there or thereabouts as you'd expect. Yep. The personnel they've got and they're well coached, but um, not the same side. They well, haven't consistently been the same side they were last year when they won the premiership. Uh, Penrith come up against a side like that um, and couldn't get the job done. They they didn't really get close. They didn't pose too many questions to the Roosters' defence, which is at its best is among uh, the best in the competition. So. Uh, I think the the most positive thing that Penrith can take out is that this was a steep learning, you know, a bit of a learning curve as to where they need to be. And, um, you know, they're probably well... I think with Cleary, they're well enough coached to to be able to grow fairly quickly from these sorts of performances. But um, come finals time, I guess we'll, we'll see how much they've learnt. Just on the Chooks, really professional squad. I think they're b- building... Um, to get back to the, the side they were last year. As I said, they're, they're not quite there yet. But each week you can see they're getting, you know, a little bit a little bit more clinical in some areas. Um, they've still got work to do, as we saw with the second half of that Sharks game, where the first half they really looked like they were back and they were on song in their attack and, and, and they fell away. So still work to do, but really building slowly and professionally and, and you know, probably pacing themselves quite well for the finals. All right, Mickey T, 1985. Tough game to watch. Four days rest, killed Penrith. New halves pairing. Cartwright shining light. Regroup next week. Short memory needed. He is, he is good, Cartwright. I just wonder sometimes, we mentioned last year in the 20s grand final that um, he might have, he, he seemed to have, to me, to have read his own press a little bit. He was trying to do everything in that grand final. Um, and I think, even in first grade, he does tend to to overplay his hand a little bit, and that'll come with experience and coaching yeah. from Cleary. But um, as far as raw talent goes, he's, he's right up there. Chapo, the creator. This is what happens when the Panthers' easy draw ends. Remains to be seen, but, you know, wasn't a good start. Yeah, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt for the moment, but, you know, they're going to have to start knocking off some top sides. 
Shunner 86. That loss was always on the cards, and despite the scoreline, happy with our effort, our attack was fairly disjointed. I'd know. It's <laughs> a brilliant tweet. And he loved his Facebook when he sent through the, the, the x-ray of the leg with the Tim Tams in there yeah. as well, you know, taking the biscuit legs on board. Sensational. He's a great man, and there's nothing I love more than a bit of, you know, self, self-deprecating humour. Yep, yep. And he's actually uh, kicking it off himself too. Not just feeling pardon, it. You know. Pardon the pun. Yeah, well, yeah, kicking it with his good leg. Ryan Finance, East looked good without getting out of third gear, but even so, a performance like that won't win a premiership. Lift, boys. Eddie NZ. There's not that tweet. <laughs> it's another game. So we'll get back to you, Eddie NZ. As the Melbourne Storm 28 defeated Canberra Raiders 14 down at Amy Park, Purple Cheat Stadium. The uh, Storm 28 points came from tries to Kevin Proctor. Corabetti, double to Fanua, Sisawanga, and in a, I don't know, it's like a, an irony, coincidental, like awkward. Poor, awkward situation. Jordan McLean scores a try and arrives for Alex Weekend. Cameron Smith, two from six conversions, which made this game a lot closer than it needed to be. Uh, Raiders 14 came from tries to Salima, Croker, Milford. Uh, Croker got one from two conversions. Campo had one missed. Yeah, I think the McLean try, and I do feel for the bloke. Um, I, again, I don't think, you know, I think that he's probably suffered quite a great deal uh, since Alex McKinnon's injury, sustaining that tackle that he was involved in. And whilst it was mentioned in the media, and I don't think he, you know, he really got enough coverage and, and how much it would have affected him and his family because there was a fair bit of vitriol directed his way and, and not to mention the, the inherent no doubt inherent guilt that he would feel yeah um, and I, I, I must confess I did feel a bit awkward when he scored that try didn't know how to feel yeah you're like yeah oh, really couldn't have done it next weekend yeah yes mate score a hat trick next weekend I don't care but um, the Storm are, are probably a long way from where they normally are, performance-wise. Um, I think on the on the table, they're, they're there or thereabouts, and they're, they're in that pack where you know a couple of wins gets them right up the pointy end where they're accustomed to being. Um, but the thing is with their culture and with the way they're coaching it, and certainly um, the the quality of their personnel, or, or, or at least the big three. They're always close enough in games to, to get results. Yep. And, you know, they only just got pipped by Canterbury by two points. And um, they're not getting blown out. They're not playing horrible football, even in games that they're losing. Um, so whilst they're not the dominant force that they have been over, over much of the past sort of decade, I think um, still still good enough to, to compete for the title. And, and when it comes finals time, you know, all that experience, all that big game experiences, um, and the the quality of Smith, Slater, and Cronk will shine through. But um, they're definitely, at times, um, given that they're not the same side, they they can be vulnerable. And uh, this one was a funny one. We were looking before the before the the show tonight for tweets about it, and you know, there was I hate to say there was nothing worthy in the you know. So it's a battle of who could care less in that one. <laughs> Brisbane Broncos, 28, defeat the New Zealand Warriors, 22, at Suncorp Stadium. Good crowd for the rise for Alex Thang. And, uh, yeah, 
New Zealand pretty much came to the party as they did. We were talking about last week in the lead up to this game. We were talking about the environment down there at uh, at Rabina when we were there for the Test match, Anzac Test match last season, and uh, they yeah the Kiwis certainly came to the party again. Broncos twenty eight points came from tries to Ben Hannett, Ben Hunt, Jordan Kahu, and a double critical double to Dale Copley, Corey Parker three from five conversions and a penalty goal. The Warriors twenty two came from tries too. The captain again keeps doing it. The captain, Sam Tompkins, Ben Henry double. Great in attack, Ben Henry. And Sean Johnson, three from four conversions. I thought Ben Hunt had another commanding display. Can you can you believe he's in you know, he's a front runner for the Dallium? Yeah, you well the, the the front runner at the moment yeah. as far as I understand, yeah. Um I think the biggest part of this game was the fact that he closed it out well and he did it with his kicking game, he did it with his kick chase. Um he was up there, he was making his tackles and it was it was interesting to see live at the game and given the the quality of our seats at the game, the amount of work that he was doing in that game got really tight. Um, you could see it in his face how badly he wanted to close that game out and how how hard he was working to do it. Yep. Um, and given that they have had some late-game fade-outs, um, that's a good sign, I think. Um whether that continues and whether they continue to play a lot of close games as the season rolls on uh, remains to be seen. But certainly in this game, it looks like he, he is um, he is learning and he and he's putting that into practice. And you know, it wasn't all that long ago we were saying there's no way he can close out games, and and he's done this against the Warriors who were, were in good form and, and are a quality side with some good personnel. So it was, it was, that was good, some good signs from Ben Hunt. Um, Dale Copley. Is I just he's a centre. I, I didn't realise for starters. The game, the game needed to be won, and he he had some of the best, you know, the best six minute stint I've seen in yep. in a fucking long time. Yep, he was untouchable. Um, it just leads to more personnel issues um, next season for for Bennett, as we said earlier. You know, you got possibly four fullbacks. Yeah, well, it's only even five because apparently they're in, they were in discussions with uh, Eden over in the states. Uh, over in sorry, over in England. Right. What the fuck? I, I hadn't heard about that until I looked at an article today. And That's I, crazy. I, like, um, what the fuck you know, are they talking about? Potentially him for? four fullbacks. Um, no doubt they'll shoe, shoehorn one of them into five eight, and you know Hoffman might go to the wing. But then what do you do with you know Vito? He's had a good season, other than his indiscretion. After, you know, off-field indiscretion last week. Yeah. So uh, then you've got Copley, who looks to be a far better... He's had a good season this year too on the wing, but he looks to be a far better centre than he is winger. You've got Jordan Carhu there. You've got Maranta. Um, obviously, Hodges commands one centre spot mm-hmm. for, the, for the duration of his career. So, so. you put the winger... You put the, the least creative winger outside him because he doesn't pass. Sure. So you get Copley off him, bring him around to where he can do something with the ball, where he's going to get some ball. Exactly. It's um, yeah. I, I guess it's probably a good position to be in. But um, you know, Jack Reed's there as well. What happens yep. to him? He's oh, he's yeah. not going to be a winger. He's a ringer. <laughs> Flick him. Throw the Warriors um, they're always good enough to steamroll their, their teams when they're on song. And I was talking to at uh, Jackson's footy training tonight. He's he's got a fair few Kiwis in his team, and um, I was talking to the. I actually bumped into one of the boys' dads at the game on Saturday night. But tonight I was, I was saying, you know, the Warriors, you know, 
when they're on, and we will say they're a bit of a rocks and diamonds team, when they're on, they, they can steamroll any pack and they can hang with any attack. But they're just... They need to be mentally strong for 80 minutes consistently. And that's the thing that holds the New Zealand Warriors back from premiership. They've been good enough to make grand finals. But, you know, I think a lot of times they run out of gas because they often make grand finals by making these late-season runs. If they were mentally strong, they'd be at the pointy end, you know, all season. Yep. Um, yeah, it's it's a strange one. Whether McFadden's coaching is the answer and, and he instills that mental toughness in them, but it, it doesn't look to be 100% there based on this game. Yeah, it was, it was a tough game, and they were, they were in it. They were, they Absolutely, were, yeah, they were never massive. out of it. Yeah, but... that, yeah. But when it came down to chasing points at the end, they had nothing. That's when they were actually looked their worst, when they yeah. fell behind to the point of, yeah, to the final scoreline. Sure. Um, oh, what have we got here? Twitter. H for Tenny. If you said years ago that a Bronco named Hunt would win the Dally M, you'd think their name would start with a K, not a B. Great game. Cruzy06. Hunt owns the Dally M Player of the Year and Revelation of 2014. Hash gun, hash more clutch than LeBron. And a great turnout from both fans as well. Hash rise for Alex. And to that we say, keep dreaming, toilet. <laughs> I just want to, um, as you mentioned before, the, the, cre- the Kiwis can make some fucking noise. Oh. Credit where it is due. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. They provided a fantastic atmosphere, and everyone around us was like, who fucking bought this mob? <laughs> uh, Eddie NZ, this one's obviously uh, been, yeah, time has proven this one to, you know, some things incorrect, but hats off to Griffin. Big call to drop three players with his job potentially on the line. Very proud of the Broncos tonight. And that was a big call from Griffin, and I thought that it might have actually kept him, you know, on board, but... Obviously, things were happening behind the scenes yeah. that we had no no inkling of, and you know the rest is history. The Gold Coast Titans twenty two defeated the Newcastle Knights eight at Hunter Stadium on Rise for Alex Day. Huge crowd, over twenty six thousand, in fact. And uh, the the points were as follows: Anthony Don, sorry for the Titans twenty two. Anthony Don, Dave Taylor, Mark Minicello, James Roberts tries, Kevin Gordon three from four conversions, defeating the Knights. Joey Leilua and Tyrone Roberts scored tries with zero conversions landed. This is a bit of a, a warning sign that the, the Bennett, era, Bennett era at Newcastle has been a little bit disappointing um, and and something for the Broncos faithful to, to possibly be prepared for. Uh, he's normally a master at motivating players for big occasions and um, a lot was made of the fact that he, you know, Seven premierships hadn't lost a grand final, mm-hmm. all the rest of it. Um, maybe the emotion got the better of him, and and maybe it was all too much for everyone to deal with. But the thing is, is this game turned out to be a tale of two teams having to deal with you know this hub of emotion through the stadium and and Newcastle obviously through their entire club, whereas the Titans just had to deal with what was happening at the ground on the day, and they handled it quite well they they shortened their warm-up they um you know they stayed off the field for the most part uh before the game to to try and deal with um you know to take the emotion out of it and just get there do a job and go home and i think they you know they impressed me with the way they did that um because that was no no mean feat on that day that's for sure um it was a huge occasion for the knights and unfortunately 
whether it was that or, or whether the, the Titans completely overwhelmed them, uh, but the Knights they didn't compete and and you know you could probably handle them losing on the day, but the way they lost is is fairly I don't have disappointing. statistics in front of me, but the Titans were fucking horrible as well. Honestly, but the fact remains their missed tackles and mistakes and everything were astronomical. They still had to get the job done. Mm-hmm. Um, the Knights were the Knights were bad, but. You know, at the end of the day, the Titans have still got thirteen bad. fit men standing in front of them. They've got to they've got to get across the try line. And um, I'm not saying the Titans are going to go on and win the premiership, but I was fairly impressed with with the way that they um, managed themselves and and handled uh, the the occasion and the fact that they handled it much better than than the home team is it speaks volumes. Bob Sap Tap, please reread the script, at Gold Coast Titans. And Nismo Raiders, a similar idea. Fuck you, GC Titans. Didn't you read the script? Ash Rise for Alex. Um, Jake Mamo as well. Yes. Long-term option on the wing, you would think. But how many years has McManus got left? Would he be the guy that moves on? Uate's been fucking horrible in this game. Yeah, I, well, uh, this week at the teams, I think McManus is back at the expense of Mamo. So okay. at, least this time, yeah, at least at this time, he's the one that's uh, keeping him out. Jet Nightman, of all the games to lose, this one isn't it. Emotion is not an excuse. Silly play and poor first help, half didn't help. Uh, Shane Aaron Elvis, Knights should be utterly embarrassed by that display, but those Titans make every game painful to watch. <laughs> Sweet Nigel B, the Knights were probably too focused on rise for Shunter this week and forgot to rise for Alex. And the Ben's Understandably Ed. so. The Knights sure stepped up for Alex. Five dollars is the foundation for every knock on. Hash Alex bankrolled for life. He's going to hash demise for Alex. That's terrible. I saw there was another tweet in there that, um, that I, I didn't use it for some reason. I apologise to the person who uh, they're talking about basically the Knights. It was the easiest fucking motivational speech ever. Just wheel Alex in. Do it for him. Yeah. At the end. West Tigers, 46, defeated the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs, 18 at ANZ Stadium. And the points went as follows. Tigers tries to Bodine Thompson, four tries to Keith Lulia. Curtis Sirenen, Luke Brooks, Aaron Woods, James Gavay, also with tries. Moses, two from three conversions. Pat Richards, three from four conversions. Blake Austin wasted a few. Jesus, that guy can't kick. How the fuck does he ever get a tee in his hand? And uh, I've never seen him kick a goal, to be yes. honest. Look, how Richards' leg must have been worse than what they were letting on. Well, yeah, I mean, as far as I know, he barely scraped into to play, you know. But and he had taken an injection. You know, to, a one-legged man, with all due respect to Tuera Nikia. Tuera Nikia would have fucking smacked these over. He would have spat them over. Easily. Would <laughs> <laughs> have knocked them over with his mullet. Yeah, the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs, 18, tries to Kristen Inu, Tim Lafay, Corey Thompson, and Hodkinson, three from three conversions. Great win from the Tigers. I was very proud of them, but... The, the challenge is now to back it up. We've had a, a few wins like that this season uh, earlier in the year, one over Manly, one over South, and now this this one over the Dogs. But the, the previous wins where, you know, they made made the papers and uh, everyone was starting to talk about them, there were some rumblings about, they followed them up fairly quickly with some fairly ordinary performances. So this is the challenge now to, to keep playing like this, keep winning, and, and give them solidify a position in the eight because they're running out of games and they can't afford to drop too many more with you know lacklustre performances that they're not dialed into. So um, I think this is a good confidence boost, but the, the challenge will be this week. We're coming up against a you know an opposition we would probably be favoured 
to beat, but um, those are the games that are possibly the most treacherous. So, uh, Mentally, I got the impression the dogs thought that they'd belt the Tigers up the middle and, and run away with the game by their backs. The only problem is that other than Morris and, and Lafay, the, the dogs' outside backs are fairly mediocre. Yeah, yeah, um, at the moment. You know, Umboy, um I can't remember the name of... We've got Mitch Brown on one wing. It's 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 not... There's no immortals in there, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, and some of their defence out wide uh, was... I don't know, is it... The dogs aren't really renowned for being, you know, that defensive powerhouse that they have been, you know, in past years, in years gone by. Yep. Um, good defensively, but um, some of the defence, they, they weren't coming up and, and as it got worse as they fatigued. So, um, yeah, a little bit surprising in the dogs' performance. They really didn't... Um, they didn't really come to play and I think they underestimated the Tigers and um, before they knew it, um, in that second half, the, the Tigers sort of hung there, and and the Bulldogs looked like, you know, at eighteen sixteen at half time, they looked like they were, um, probably primed to go on with it. But the Tigers put on thirty unanswered points in the second half. I was pretty concerned at half time, um, but thirty unanswered points is uh, is a bloody great effort. I think Brooks Brooks was good again. Um, Moses fucking did some stuff with a stone tablet and parted a Red Sea and did something that, you know, humped a burning bush. I don't know how the Bible went, but this was a fucking, a godlike performance. <laughs> fucking hell. Mitch EFC 17 said, hash revelation, Keith Fortry hero Leah. You know, last week you said he had no business being in your side. Zero, something, zero something business. And do you know what? You have to go all the way back to round two against the Titans where Keith Lalea played a decent game of rugby league. And, um, you know, he's played centre most of his career. And here he is on the wing scoring four tries. Fucking leave him there. <laughs> GT351 underscore Johns. Disappointing. Dogs didn't turn out today. Congrats to Tigers. Better side one. At least we helped raise money for hash rice for Alex. And actually, did you see, just talking about um, the... Uh, I was going to ask you about Des Hasler, his reaction. Did you see his press conference, uh, dummy speech? I heard about it. I didn't actually see it. Um, look, you sort of expect it. I don't know that the Tigers really care whether the, the Bulldogs give them the credit. They've got to play them again in a few weeks. It's good motivation, um, having shit like that talked in a, in a press conference. But I think the Bulldogs were, were fairly comprehensively beaten in that second half. And He uh, came out and said, he said, oh, oh, you know, I don't have to quote 100% right because I don't have it in front of me, but he said, you know, I don't think the West Tigers were very good today. I don't think they were that good today. And, you know, they started, you know, bitching the ref's fault and the rest of it. Mm. You can't bitch the ref's fault when you lose by 30. Fucking come on. I saw on Twitter that you made the comment that Mick Potter was doing exactly that last week. And he I did. Dis- I disagree. He, he made mention... And fucking Farrah, for that matter, as well. No, Farrah said... The two of them. No. All they mentioned was the one issue with the Nofaluma try. Farrah openly admitted that the West Tigers were, were crap, in his exact words, Nathan. I would suggest he grudgingly conceded that point when reminded of the score. <laughs> I, I refuse to have this argument with you. Let's move on. 
<laughs> now, um, where were we? Berkeley underscore Eagle. He's sent us these tweets uh, for someone by the name of Gavin Keach One, who is not a listener of the show uh, to, as far as I understand. He's tweeted, if Lalia gets a hat-trick, I will totally suck his cock. Then... <laughs> I sort of retweeted that and said, look, I'm you know, I'm sure that Gavin is a man of his word. <laughs> Some hours later, Gavin Keach tweets again, never fear Twitter. I either kept my word or made a random bald man from the Cook <laughs> Islands very happy. <laughs> so I do love the way he dealt with that at the end. Uh, Unky D, has, this is a question for you. Has Glenn's little mushroom recovered from its furious and repeated abuse due to his beloved Tiger's win? No. No, it hasn't. Tall Hayden. I'm still applying the cream. Tall Hayden, as all good wingers do. And uh, where are we? Uh, Jim Man Bear Pig. The Tigers treated the Bulldogs like Matt Lodge treats his brother's cunt. <laughs> hash, hash, pip hand, hash, tweet sent from FBOS machine. FBOS machine. Ticket. <laughs> that's a good, that's someone who's listened to the list of finer details of the show included there, though. And uh, finally, the Ben Zed. <laughs> Ray Warren showing appreciate such appreciation for the Tigers' youth, almost like Rolf was commentating. Oh. And he's got hash, forget the C, part your legs, Moses. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Monday night footbitch, match of the round. Mighty Manly Seagulls 21 defeat the St. George Illawarra Dragons 12 down at Jubilee, just over 10,000, 10,500 in attendance. And the Mighty Sea Eagles, 21, came from tries to Steve Matai, Kieran Foran, Tommy Simons, and George Tafua. And uh, what else did we get there? A field goal from Cherry, of course. Two from four conversions from Jamie Lyon. The Dragons, their 12 points came from tries to Benji Marshall, which is the downer in the game for me. Uh, Jason Nightingale, <laughs> Gareth Widdett, one conversion from two attempts and uh, a penalty goal. Tough performance from Manly. They took uh, everything Dragons could offer and, and ultimately killed them off at the end and cheeky little field goal to, to close it out but I um the the Dragons ultimately killed themselves with fairly fucking ordinary defence just basic stuff not coming up off no line speed not coming up out wide um you know zero communication some easy tries were scored through their right edge defence and it's something that um McGregor's going to have to get in check in check Shortly, if the Dragons are going to get you know to the top of that pile of squads in the middle of the table, um, but Manly were were really good. They won the wrestle. They they won every facet of the game. Really, I think the Dragons um, were game. They they never stopped trying, but too many errors um, and silly errors. Silly errors, rather. Um, you know, a Benji classic not finding touch. A, a, you know, a ball over the side. That was off. Yeah, that was like on a fine touch off a, off a penalty. And I mean, that was that was when the game was it was weird, sort of. You know, starting to turn stage. I mean, yeah, they were, you know, pretty well in front at that point. But I thought in the first half, the Dragons were like they fucking completed their first however many sets. I mm. mean, it wasn't pretty. It was like the Dragons that we spoke about from a couple of years ago, where. The, the remains of Bennett were kind of there in terms of the tough defence and the discipline in completing their sets, but they didn't have the flair to do anything with it. So they'd have a good set where they make good yardage through the forwards. They'd always get sort of, you know, halfway or 40 metres out, and then they'd just, you know, smash it over the sideline, mm. you know, 10 metres out, set the scrum, and couldn't do anything to keep Manly pinned down in defence in the, you know, the ensuing set. So, but, um, yeah. yeah, pretty pretty impressive for Manly. I think they still had another gear to go to. Um but 
Well, look, I totally forgot that this was at, at fucking Cogra as well. Yeah. Which is a bogey ground for Manly. Mm. We fu- won fuck all games there. And in fact, there was a huge streak where we hadn't won in there in ages that we only just broke, you know, uh, not too long ago in distant past. So to actually, Monday night, when strange shit happens and the yeah. underdogs seem to find a way to win, plus at a bogey ground, oh, I couldn't have been happier with the performance. I thought it was great. Um, you know, I think we had a gear to go to. I would have liked Simons to get that other try if no other reason that Tall Hayden had him for a double <laughs> on the TAB. So that was unfortunate because that was a fucking try all day. Like that try that was disallowed was a fucking try all day. Um, yeah, well, um, I didn't have any problems with it. I'll and it would, have, it would have put us out 18-2 as well at that stage too, which, you know, rather than 10-8 half-time, it totally changed the dynamic. Maybe we could have, you know, gone on with it to the point where my manly, manly um, minus 19.5 might have cashed from me as well. Mm-hmm. But all that aside, uh, you know, pretty happy. Um, we, we saw a rarity happen in this game. We saw Steve Matai actually leaving the field with an injury. It's the first time in fucking ages that that's happened. And uh, still, he came back. Such is the machine that he is. Uh, it looked like it was going to be a pretty bad uh, injury to his knee on his right leg. It looked like he was shot for all money, but uh, just a knock. Bit of uh, the, old, the old magic ice spray. Magic sponge. Couple of oranges. And uh, he was warming up on the sideline, ready to get back into action again. Fucking loving Tom Simons lately. Sensational. Dude, since he came back from his last injury, probably a month ago, dude's been on fire. He, um... He was going to be all sorts of things at East, so I guess he's only just realising his potential because he did have some games there. But he just seems like a completely and an immeasurably better player at Manly. Yeah, I remember his first... I, look, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but his f- debut was actually against Manly for East. And I remember that game, I'm not sure if they won or if they just came really fucking close, but he starred in that game as well. And I... So I immediately despised him. <laughs> but now, I fucking love his work. He's tremendous. I want to boof him. Uh, <laughs> um, and that win, of course, put Manly on top of the table by themselves as uh, the other, you know, contenders, or as I'd like to say, pretenders, fell on the weekend. And, uh, yeah, it's strange to be on top because Manly never usually on top of the ladder. It's a weird thing. I mean, usually we're sort of, you know, hovering around sort of fourth, fifth, you know, mm. get the top four in time for the finals and go from there. But, you know... There's fines that need to be paid for Tuvi and things like that in the past. So, you know, if we could somehow... Minor jag, premiership funds if we, if, will pay more. If we could jag the, 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 the uh, JJ Gilton Shield, then, you know, perhaps some of that money could go to redressing some of that. And uh, Twitter, Unky D. Manly denied a fair try. Next set, opposition scores. So, Tigers fans, that's a 32-point try, right? Hash refs file. Blue underscore Beaver. Manly are like this week in league. I'm um, sorry, Manly like this week in league are number one. So why try harder? Hash top of the pops. Hash I like premiers where you're coming from. Shithead listener. The only thing that can beat Manly is Manly. And according to fans, the refs. But really, just Manly. And he's gone, hash refs love Manly. Fucking random and incorrect. Factually incorrect. At Evil Conspiracy. As opposed to Biscuit Legs, who stays injured, could Matai be the Lego man? He breaks easy, but is just as easily put back together. B15542. The only reason Manly is drama filled is because they refuse to abuse the salary cap, unlike those hash purple cheek cunts. Hash shut up already. He's not a Manly fan either. That's the fucking funny part. Uh, the Ben Zed. 
Manly coasted for 80. Wonder why it took St. George 78 minutes to work out that structure won't break Manly down. Hash, too much D for the red V. He puts a lot of thought into his hashtags, doesn't he? He really does. Previews coming up for round 20 and uh, time and, and Glenn's you know, survival on the trip home is probably going to be an issue for him. So uh, we're going to keep these previews real short. Um, kicking off Friday night football, Newcastle Knights take on the Sydney Roosters at Hunter. The Knights couldn't get up for, for, for the game last week, then there's no hope of winning against the Roosters. Uh, I think the Roosters will win very convincingly. And it's one thing for Benny to be going, but now to actually know where he's going yeah. to, and it makes it all a lot more Do they more drop real. their bundle? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they... I don't see them bouncing back, that's for no. sure. So I think Roosters by plenty. Um, the Broncos take on Melbourne Storm in the other game that we'll see, no doubt. And you'll, you'll, go, you'll go to this yeah, one, won't you? Yeah. Down at Suncorp? Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be there. And unfortunately, I don't see a happy time for the Broncos. Um, I think the Storm are going to put on a little bit of a clinic on... Wow. And, uh, yeah, do the Broncos by, by at least 20. Copley maintains his centre position this week. Good sign. Hodges in there, good so um, Don't I, get me wrong. I hope that doesn't happen. Um, but, you know, for Jackson's sake, I do like to see the Broncos do well. But I just I just think the Storm might be due for a bit of a breakout performance to remind the NRL how good they are and, and the type of side that um, people need to look out for. So... Uh, this could be the game. Big occasion. Their best players like playing at that ground. It's some ominous signs. Look, when I go and get the tips for the for the week, like the top tens, you know, for the end of the show, I put my tips in. You know, it's early. It's before the odds have come out, and you know, it's before the team lists have even been published. But I actually tip Broncos to win that game. But you've convinced me to reverse it. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Penrith Panthers take on the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks. It's at Penrith, yeah. Oh, Carrington Park. Where the fuck is that? Playing down someone's backyard. <laughs> they got to fucking dodge the fucking the public barbecue and <laughs> <laughs> slippery dip. <laughs> Nigel Plum will tackle the fucking plastic garden furniture. It's going to be fantastic. Um, I'm going to tip the Panthers. I think that there'll be uh, two. Peter Wallace is back. That it was going to be out for much longer. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe that. I mean, that's not, I think that's wishful thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's been named. Uh, there is an extended bench, but yeah, I think the Panthers will be too strong, too clinical for the Sharks. Panthers will bounce back, giving us back to their you know week half of the draw competition. <laughs> so if they don't take advantage of this, you know, they got no chance. Gold Coast Titans take on the Parramatta Eels. Yeah, it's at down the coast, but. Jeez, I think para. I'm leaning towards para. Obviously, zero home ground advantage for the Titans. So, um, para was superior personnel, mainly in the form of Jared Hayne. Um, Chris Sandow is due for a much improved performance. And, um, yeah, I think the Titans did well last week. They dealt with the occasion, but there'll be a little bit of deflation this week. And I think Jared Hayne... Um, is also due for for one of his better performances. So, yeah, I'm happy to tip power in this one. Yeah, look, 
the Gold Coast have been making ugly fucking games lately, and Parramatta is a team that can get sucked into it, especially if they're playing like you know the the, the 2013 2012 Parramatta style, which they have been in the last two weeks. Yep. Oh, I just bit of a test for Arthur's coaching whether he can turn them around. Three weeks ago, you asked me who wins this game. I say Parramatta Eels without hesitation, Every day, and, I, yeah. and I believe it. I believe it to the point where I'd actually probably put fucking money on it. But uh, I'm struggling. That just feels like they're going back to the old days again. So yeah, no. Um, Titans for you. Uh, look, I can't say like a home game, a home thing is a Titans thing either. Like, like Parramatta's a better team, but. Uh, I just the trust. I've lost the trust again. I was just starting to trust them <laughs> as being a reliable tip from week to week, like you know, knowing how where they where you stood with them. But now I just I'm just not so sure. Canterbury based down Bulldogs take on the North Queensland Cowboys at ANZ. Cowboys won't strike twice, uh, winning away from home two weeks in a row. I don't think it's going to happen, and the Bulldogs will be looking. To restore a little bit of pride after getting a touch up last week, so huge bounce back. I think, in this the, game, yeah, right? I think the Bulldogs will, will really, really bounce back nicely in this game and, and suffocate the Cowboys. I don't think the Cowboys have got too many points in them against the Bulldogs' defence, and um, yeah, it'll be uh, Bulldogs all the way, thirteen plus. New Zealand Warriors take on the mighty Manly Seagulls, Mount Smart. Tough road trip. Uh, Eagles have done it before though, and. Uh, Backing up from Monday night is my only concern. That's my only concern as well. Um, I probably, given the fact that it's a home game, good atmosphere for the Warriors, um, and the fact that Manly are backing up, I'm, I'm going to lean towards the Warriors. Uh, but you know, Manly are a very good side, and if anyone can overcome that, uh, that Monday night factor, then they can. But I, do, I just think the Warriors might be a little bit too sharp, a little bit too fresh. Conrad Harrell been named, but I mean, I th- thought that yeah, you know, perhaps he wouldn't be playing this week there's a chance he's out I think you know left the field injured uh, and Ben Henry slotted into the centre position if that were to happen hypothetically speaking then uh, defensively defensively Matt I first try scorer all day first second third fourth <laughs> yeah he's a deserving four try scorer <laughs> the manly starting to look sharp in attack and everything like that I've got no doubts they're going to win the game I mean it's a tough road trip over there but we go okay in New Zealand I think we've got a pretty good record overall uh, West Tigers take on St. George Illawarra Dragons. West Tigers, again, I mentioned the fact that they need to back up last week's good performance and the players are saying all the right thing in the media, but the time will tell 3 3pm 3 Sunday as to how much they, um, how much stock they put in those comments and, and whether they can really come out and put another strong, strong performance on. I think if we have if we can get over the Bulldogs pack, then we should be able to handle the Dragons pack without too many problems. Um, defensively, we've got to hold their edge runners and, and really get up quickly on, on Widdop and, and Marshall. Marshall's going to be looking for a big game, and I think that might ultimately work in the Tigers' favour. Historically, um, when he's, you know, he's, he's personally pumped for a, a big one, he, he can have a tendency to over, overplay his hand. So and and when he does that, the the re- results are fairly catastrophic. So uh, I think the Dragons um, were competitive on Monday night, but they are backing up also, and will probably be far less inclined uh, to say that they had a huge chance in their game backing up than I would for Manly. So I'm going to say the West Tigers, not surprisingly, I guess, but um, I think they might continue with that good attacking form and, and put a bit of score on the Dragons. Get the revenge back for round one. If Tigers don't win this game, they're fucking shot. <laughs> done. They're literally done. I mean, 
Quinlan's been named at fullback. I mean, honestly, if the West Tigers don't win this by fucking 20, then they're kidding themselves and they may as well fucking forfeit the rest of the season. Canberra Raiders take on the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Monday yeah, night for bitch, there is, I should say. It's only it's only the weather that can stop the Rabbitohs. And, yeah, and in, the Monday night curse, you know? like In terms of them being left in the cars with no heating and they actually freeze solid and die, that's <laughs> the only fucking thing that's going to stop yeah, them winning this game. I think the Rabbitohs well. are probably... Probably good, a good, you know, forty point to something victory in them here, and uh, I look forward to the commentary team complaining throughout the whole game about how cold it is. Because fuck me, it's going to be cold down there. Yeah, oh, look, you know, the cold can't save them. Let's face it, when you got creaky old bones like Terry Campisi, how the fuck's he cope down there? Brett White, look, only Milford can save them. <laughs> By one of those performances where you go, holy fuck, you know, he's a sensation. He's going to be the, the next biggest thing, of which we've seen one. Yeah, if he does a one-man one ha- Harlem Globetrotters situation, then the Raiders have got a chance. But that's a big ask against the Rabbitohs. Um, Look, Souths were okay last week. I mean, they did the job very easily against a team that, you know, you'd, you'd expect better from. But look, if Souths are way down on what they've been the last two years. But if they are serious about challenging, I mean, they're, in, they're obviously in finals contention. They're in the eight. If they want to try and press for like a top four spot, which yep. you know I think one of those is still probably up for grabs. These are the games they got to win. They got to win these ones and win them well. I mean, Canberra's pretty much been a buy this year for everyone they faced. Uh, so yeah, this is one that Souths need to win, and you know it'd be nice for them if they made a statement and won it very well. That's full time for episode 164. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter. So follow at TWI League and on Facebook as well. Facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. So make sure you hit the like button, share the posts around as we put them up. It's been great that people have been sending us stuff. I mean, people go crazy on our fucking timeline on Facebook, putting memes up and stuff. Yeah. And it's very good to see. So, and sometimes people send them to us in like private messages. Don't do it privately, dudes. Just fucking throw it in our timeline. The, the kids love it. Uh, iTunes, no new reviews this week. I mean, there's, you know, only about 4,000 of you that haven't done a review yet, so fingers out. Tipping. New leader at the top of the table, David Kingston on 92 points. Whitey, also on 92 points. Then we have on 91, Smithy Fire, Desi's Ducks, former leader Shane Aaron Elvis, Tigers 12.0, Dougie and CA Photo, and then two points, oh, sorry, one point back on 90, Life of Ty and Voodoo Rock, the defending champion. So we have two tips between first and 10th place. And uh, I, I'm charging up the table. I'm almost in the top 50 again after another superb, superb effort this week. And I'm only, you know, two or three good rounds off challenging for the for the top 10. So I believe, we believe in the late season run. We're doing a fucking Jared Hayne powered <laughs> run to the end. Uh, fantasy. The Wendells maintain their position on top, stretching it out a bit really against too much tuna. NZ underscore Magpie 54 is charging up there too. Mighty Doggies, Mischief, Sarcastic Pricks, Dingbacks, Sticky Fingers, Fergo, Seagull Assassins and Toto's Terrors round out the top 10. It's starting to stretch out a little bit though now and I'm thinking that uh, the Wendells, unless they have absolutely diabolical injuries, I think they're pretty much home. Now, uh, of course, Shop. 
We're still clearing out uh, Revelation shirts, Tigers in Decline shirts, things like that. Um, get in there. We had to, we had a couple of Tigers in Decline shirts get sold last week, though, so that's good to see. Uh, thank you very much for buying those. And uh, New South Wales run one in a row shirts are almost touched down here to be dispatched. They're still uh, available on respecttheshooter.co, so grab some of those. Uh, there's a couple left in each size, so uh, make sure you get them. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Buy up as much shit as you can. Get and, your uh, gear and represent, yeah, boys and, and uh, girls, and wear it to wear it to a meetup. When you uh, get on the piss, wear it to games. Enjoy take yourself. some selfies. Exactly. Please wear pants. Exactly around me anyway, Glenn. You know, yeah. If you're Polynesian, Still he's Polynesian. <laughs> anyway, Glenn's about to fall asleep uh, on the road on the drive home and uh, end up in a ditch. So uh, pray for Glenn. Rise for Glenn. <laughs> And just <laughs> talk to you go next to sleep week. For Glenn. Go to sleep for Glenn. We'll talk to you next week. See ya. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.